Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to a very special scary balance. Well, you know, it's Halloween weekend. We had to we had to do something to jump into the theme. My name is Tom Mark Lasell Presidente. Welcome to Boo Balance. <laughs> Never stops to speak. Oh, it's how happy Halloween weekend. If you guys celebrate, have fun with it. Uh, we had a lot of fun with it at work uh, yesterday. Uh, some, you know what? I actually want to give card of my costume, uh, Keeper of the Steel. Uh, but uh, we've also got Adam Jimena, our official uh, uh, college football cohort and co-pilot partner in crime, super Buckeyes fan, super Browns fan, Guardians fan, and super duper uh, Cavaliers fan. Oh, yes. And the host of Jimmy's Den on the balance sportscast.com. It only gets good uh, better from there. And, and of course this weekend NASCAR rolls into Martinsville. Can you get some hot dogs please? Well, if you've ever been to Martinsville racetrack, which is on my bucket list to do, I've been told in by more than one source that uh, they have the best hot dogs, you know, in the world. Too tough to tame. And it is the next to the last race for the season. Hope to have Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of Speedway Digest, to join us and help us break it all down. Tony Donahue, also from the Tony D Podcast and BurnoutSports.com, joins us to talk about, well, he's got a winning streak going with us in the balance of NASCAR. Uh, of course, we're going to be talking about the World Series, a little bit of NBA. We'll, we'll, we'll be tossing a little bit of that in. As things get going, still early to really get ramped up for the NBA, but we're going to be talking about Ed Kratz returns from his bye week to join us to break down the Eagles and, uh, you know, fly Eagles home. But also, I would imagine, we're probably going to be talking a little bit about the Phillies. Phillies in the World Series against the trash cans. <laughs> My name's Tom Mark with Sale President We'll be at, right back right here on the Balance Radio Network. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. 
In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be confusing. Like... Swedish techno confusing. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Dance with me, purple cow. Bark, bark, meow, meow. Ooh, you lovely cow. Geico makes it easy. With 24-7 access, all you have to do is go to geico.com and you can save money on car insurance. It just makes sense. Unlike, you know. Dance with me, purple cow. I like your move. When you don't go to geico.com, car insurance can be hard. Like early 90s heavy metal heart. I'm yelling and screaming and I'm loud. Roar. Geico makes it easy. You can review and update your policy or report a claim on geico.com or the Geico mobile app. Because shouldn't we all have a little less stress in our lives? I'm not even upset about anything. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. No, they're my eyes. moving. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Huh? Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted. So, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Pique, which, of course, in the Indonesian language... Oh, let me finish. In the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes. But it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wondering. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good.
almost got my, almost did it again this week, Adam. I almost started talking without my mic on. Welcome back to the Bells. My name is Sean Marquis, El Presidente. It is Halloween weekend. We're having a little spooky fun. Everybody got your Halloween candy ready to go for tomorrow. Uh, Adam, I know you, you are a big kid at heart, and I know you like candy. Uh, what's your favorite Halloween candy? Adam Jividen, by the way. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. Uh, I don't know if it's a Halloween candy, but my favorite candy are Mike and I. But I'm I'm just kind of a sucker for most fruity candies: Skittles, Starburst, uh, Mike and I, Sour Patch Kids. Well, and we know you. We know you like them. Mike and I. That's for sure. What about yes, Sour sir, Patch Kids? Absolutely. Oh yeah, love Sour Patch Kids. <laughs> what about the Garbage Pail Kids? Wasn't there a candy called that for? A while? I don't I don't remember. No, I am actually a big, 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 big fan of a lot of different stuff. But, you know, one of the things we, we got put, pulled out last night is candy corn. Now, candy corn is okay, but when you mix it with peanuts, very good. You remember the back of the day when you and I used to work at the same company, and they had candy corn and peanuts out all the time. Remember that? Yep. <laughs> I, I did it. There were no there were no worries of COVID back in those days. Just dip in there and get yourself no, a handful no, of just a giant candy corn. That people would thrust their hands into, yeah. <laughs> those were the good old days. All right, Adam, let's get into this. It is college football weekend as well, uh, and uh, let's let's talk about some of the games that we've got on tap today, and we'll make sure that we touch all of them because we know we got you here for just a short amount of time. So we'll go with this at work speed. Well, let's start with Ohio State and Penn State. Well, it's going to be a matchup. I, I, I don't look for uh, – uh, well, I say I don't look for any fireworks, and as soon as I say that, it always happens. But Ohio State up in Penn, at Penn State with the Nittany Lions. Uh, as usual, I let you go, sir. So consider yourself released. Yeah, Ohio you know, State, this, is a, this is an interesting game. It's going to be the best. Team that Ohio State's going to play until we play the game um, against that team up north right after Thanksgiving. Um, in terms of balance of football, um, you know they they Penn State got got land blasted by the the, the Fighting Khakis two weeks ago. Uh, they basically were inept on both sides of the ball. The defense got worn down, and they just kept put, running the ball at, at will. Um, did uh, Jim Harbaugh's crew, but you know, and then and then last week they Penn State came back and, and really thumped Minnesota, um, who is one of the teams in competition for the Big Ten West, which is just kind of a dumpster fire at this point. Um, but you know, I I look at this game and and, and I look at what what Ohio State did last week against Iowa. And Iowa was able to kind of stifle, stifle our run game. Um, stifle our offense for the most part through the first half, and then and then CJ Stroud in the passing game really got it clicking in the second half um, to, to still roll up another 350 yards and four touchdowns. It was just, but but it was one of those things where Ohio State fans felt really weird because we won by a ton, but we didn't win in a way that like felt good for a lot of people. But mm-hmm. you know. <clears throat> Anytime like, Iowa plays a very tough, very sound defense, they don't make mistakes. They're, they don't. Where they, 
If they're going to get beat, they're going to be beat because you have more talent. Kind of what happened is they stayed gap sound. Um, they stayed assignment sound. And C.J. Stroud was kind of getting a little impatient, missed a couple throws early. Um, and then he hit one for two of Mecca Buka up the seam, which really unlocked the offense. I don't know that Penn State can play that sound. They have two really good corners. Unfortunately for Penn State, uh, Ohio State has three, three great receivers, as well as a really good tight end, as well as some really great running backs. So I think Ohio State's offensive line is going to respond to offensive line coach Justin Fry's coaching this week. They were really, really tipped by their performance running the ball this last week. Um, so I think you're going to see Ohio State's offense give its best effort. And I think you're going to see a defensive effort <clears throat> similar to what we've seen from Jim Knowles' group all season, which is they're real dang good. Um, last week, Zach Harrison, a former five-star recruit, had his best game ever as an Ohio State player. And every week he's just getting better and better under Knowles' tutelage. Um, I, I expect him to, to have a really great game. Look for Liam Eichenberg and Steel Chambers as the linebackers to wrap up. Uh, Nicholson, the freshman running back um, from Penn State. And Sean Clifford is Sean Clifford. He's going to win games against Minnesota, but he's not anywhere near what is needed to take down an Ohio State, a, you know, a team up north, um, really take down <laughs> like a highly, highly ranked SEC team. That's just not – he just doesn't have to do it. And that's kind of what I expect today, is I expect it to be I, – I, I think Penn State's defense will be able to hold us under, like, 50. Um, I'm thinking mm. it's going to be somewhere in the realm of, like, a 35-17, to 38-17 to 17 victory um, for Ohio State, which will leave many going, like, well, what happened? But, like, guys, like, it's college football. You're not going to win by 45 every single week. So <laughs> I, I tend to think that's what's going to happen. We are also their biggest rival, even though they are not our biggest rival. Well, I, I, I tell you, uh, I, I think this is going to be, you know, it's just, it, it's, it's going to be another box that C.J. Stroud uh, checks off. He's going in cruise control on his way to the Heisman Trophy. Not a lot to talk about here with the, with, with the uh, Penn State. I, I, I don't disagree that the that, – the Buckeyes will get a comfortable win over the Nittany Lions and certainly solidify the team's resume with a solid road uh, to the top 25, obviously, coming out on Tuesday. We'll see where they land at on that. Um, I mean, really, this is just about C.J. Stroud making making a statement to on his road to the Heisman, When you say? Just another – just hey, I'm just adding to my resume. But as we've talked about, and we will talk about as we get closer to the Heisman Trophy Award, the last two weeks is all that really matters. So you can make all the statements he wants right now, which he is going to do, as as predicted, bar an injury or anything like that. Uh, He's certainly going to be on cruise control to the Heisman. But one would think that, you know, that decision isn't made yet. It won't be made until the the, – last two, three games of the season. And that's unfortunate, but that's the reality of the Heisman Trophy. <laughs> yeah, that's what it's become. Like, these last – the last – I feel like it's been that way for the last decade. It's like if you can have a strong last two or three weeks of the season, it doesn't matter if you are 
the guy the whole season. If somebody else just has a really good game, he can surpass you, which is mm-hmm. which is the Heisman has just kind of become one of those. It's kind of become like a head scratcher for a lot of people because it's like it used to be the best player in college football, and then it kind of switched to the best player on the best team in college football. And now it's just kind of changed to the best player on one of these five teams, it feels like, in college football. Now, you obviously have times where, like, Lamar Jackson rises up and things like that. But it's just I, – I don't know what the voters are looking for anymore. Um, and, yeah, it, it very much comes down to, like, who, who did better for this two- or three-week stretch. Because sometimes you can't do better, and it doesn't matter. Like, it's almost predetermined at the start of the So – yeah, I, I completely agree. But, yeah, I, I do think that this is going to be a game that, that C.J. Stroud uses to kind of silence the critics um, and and add another another check box to his, his Heisman resume. Well, let's talk, uh, move on over to another uh, well, a, a, a pretty good game to watch. I mean, whenever you get in a good SEC matchup like this, and, you know, being an IU guy, I'm not a Kentucky person at all. But you've got Kentucky Wildcats and Tennessee Volunteers, good old Rocky Top. Uh, you know, you got love where Tennessee. And I'm just saying that because that's you know where Melissa's school is, and, and that's what we we root for here at this house. Also, is Tennessee outside of the Big Ten. But I mean, Tennessee. Let's let's give them what they're the props that they're due. Kentucky is always a good matchup. It's always a good matchup to see Kentucky and uh, Tennessee. But I think this is another, uh, just another game like we just talked about with Ohio State and Penn State that Tennessee uh, is able to get this done relatively easy. Am I wrong? Well, maybe. I'm not sure because this is the thing is anytime you have a quarterback on the other side of the field, the caliber of a Will Levis, who is still being talked about as being taken in the first round of the NFL draft. Um, and not just in the first round, but high in the first round. Like, like there's a lot of draft mix that are putting Levis in the top ten. Um, anytime you have a quarterback of that caliber opposite the football, then, yeah, it, uh, an upset absolutely could happen. Um, I, this is one where Tennessee hasn't – they haven't been here in a while. Obviously, they just came off the upset to Alabama. And if they're thinking they're on cruise control until they play Georgia, they're going to have another thing coming, and they'll drop a game before Georgia. And that's the thing is, is that anytime you see these teams that haven't had that kind of success for a while just kind of shoot up or have that massive upset, it's how do they respond in the following couple weeks? You know, are they looking forward to the next big one? Because let's be honest, like, if Tennessee stays undefeated, um, we're, we're staring down the possibility of two colossal matchups to close out the season. One being Tennessee-Georgia, one being <coughs> Ohio State versus that team up north, where both of those teams could also be undefeated at, in the last week of the season. So I think, like, that's what that's what teams are looking ahead to. When you do that, it's really easy to take your foot off the gas or to not focus mm-hmm. and give your opponent as much respect as they deserve. And Kentucky has a good quarterback. Now, 
Do I think Kentucky will win? No. But I don't know what the spread is on this game, but I wouldn't touch it with a 10-foot pole because Kentucky has the ability to put up points behind their quarterback. So Tennessee really needs to focus and, and execute their game plan um, in, in order to make sure that, 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 that the matchup against Georgia that they're hoping for actually happens. Well, the over-under 61, the, the spread is uh, 17, I think, is what I saw. I think. 12. Sorry, that's where we're at now. Spread is 12. So the over-under is uh, 61 with the Tennessee game. So, you know, it's going to be it's going to be a good game. The number three ranked Tennessee Volunteers will look, certainly look to remain unbeaten when they take on the Kentucky Wildcats, which, number which 19. Which 17 to me feels, feels like a lot. You're talking two, two touchdowns and a field goal. That seems like a lot. Now, if they, co- they cover that spread, well, that Georgia game, again, assuming they can stay undefeated, that Georgia game is going to be one to watch. So, yeah, I, I mean – this is this is a this is a big one to see how focused is Tennessee going to be to determine like are they finishing where they are looking like they could or do they have a slip up along the way? Well, let's not forget that uh, they're at home, and you know if you if you don't know how magic uh, the the uh, Neyland Stadium there in Knoxville, Tennessee. Rocks the world, good old Rocky Top, when old Smokey comes running out on the field. And you don't know what home field advantage is. Maybe the only other place close to that is Ohio State or Alabama. But when you play at, at, at Neheim Stadium there in Knoxville, and it's a night game, and it's on prime time, and they're on a roll, the home, the home field advantage goes a long oh, way. It is, in this it, it is massive. But, again, that point – Kentucky has a type of quarterback that can take the crowd out of the game early. And I've seen, I've watched many a Tennessee game where they come in hype, and if, and if it starts to go sideways, the Tennessee fans go, oh, oh, here we go again, and then they get silent. And then it's almost the inverse, where the home team's like, we got nobody behind us. Yeah. Well, you, you talk about Kentucky's quarterback, but let's not forget that Tennessee has a hooker. Good <laughs> well, they do. They've got, a, they've got a stud themselves. I'm just saying they have the recipe for an upset. I don't think it'll happen. I don't think it'll be. I don't think it'll be a 17 point win. But I, I think, I think Tennessee wins the game. Maybe doesn't cover the spread. Did you see what I did? did you, you said what I see what I did there. It's my. my I did, and I just you. ignored it. Kept going. You just let it go on by, right? Yep. <laughs> so I said, pause the train now. Tom made it funny. All right, let's real quickly, Oklahoma State and Kansas State. Uh, it's a battle of the states, if you will, Oklahoma State number nine. Uh, I don't know. I, I look for this to be one of those games that we look at where we're like, huh, how'd that happen? Kansas State wins. What do you think? You know, this is – I think Kansas State very well could win, especially because Oklahoma State's coming off that devastating loss to TCU where they led for, like, most of it, um, which we also predicted, by the way, for those of you listening at home. Um, this is true. I, I, I tend to go – I don't know that Oklahoma State loses two in a row, but I 
I think this one's going to come down to the wire again. Um, I think Kansas mm-hmm. State, they've got a much better squad than people give them credit for. Um, I'm going to say Oklahoma State pulls out the, the win, but by, like, the skin of their teeth. Um, but Kansas State easily could – again, this is one of those coin flip games where it could go, could go either way. Um, I tend to look at this game, though, from a national level of importance – of going, if Oklahoma State's only loss, let's just say, is to TCU, and both Oklahoma State and TCU continue to win, um, and they play each other again in the conference championship, could a one-loss Big 12 team sneak into that four spot for the college football playoff? Um, or an, obviously an undefeated TCU would absolutely get into the college football playoff. So this this game does still have national implications because I, I don't think if you if you look at the landscape, I don't know anybody that's going to be Clemson, even though they've looked very average um, compared to past Clemson teams. Um, and then I, you're going to get the winner of the Big Ten, whether it's us um, being Ohio State or them being that team up north and you're going to have at least one SEC team. The question is, is who's going to own that fourth spot? Is it going to be a second SEC team? Is it going to be the, the inverse of the winner of the Ohio State game um, on November 28th? Or, or is it a big book? And a lot, there's still so many possibilities available to us that this game is still one to pay attention to. So, it's, it's really going to be, I think, really low scoring because you've got two phenomenal defenses. Um, but definitely definitely keep your eye on this game because I've got Ohio State, not Ohio State, excuse me, Oklahoma State winning in a <laughs> All right, we only got you for a couple more minutes, so let's uh, play the hot seat here. I want, I want to talk about Notre Dame. We haven't talked about them in a couple of weeks. Uh, but Notre Dame, they've uh, got to, they're up in New, New York with Syracuse. Syracuse got to bounce back from last week's tough loss at Clemson, and uh, the Orange are a uh, six and one, and ranked 16th. Notre Dame has improved to four and three. There's certainly nothing to brag about. Notre Dame and Rick are going to be the first one to tell you this, and any other Notre Dame fan will tell you that they're in a rebuilding year, which is true. But at the same time, you, you notice how quiet Notre Dame fans have been this year. So uh, uh, Notre Dame is at Syracuse, and Syracuse is looking to – uh, keep their uh, self alive, if you will, in college football, if they're even in the conversation uh, with uh, some some New Year's Day bowl games. Notre Dame certainly is not, but Notre Dame at Syracuse, what are your thoughts? I got Syracuse winning this game, Tom. I just – I I don't know. Well, the spread two Brian and a half. Kelly, <laughs> yep, all I know. But when Brian Kelly left, he knew – he was not leaving the team in a great position. Um, my concern for Notre Dame, if I'm being honest, and and former Buckeye current head coach Marcus Freeman is, do these alumni and boosters give him time to get going? Um, they had a commitment early from Keon Keeley, the number one defensive end in this class. He has since decommitted, and he's looking at basically my understanding is three schools, Notre Dame, Georgia, and Ohio State. Um, uh, excuse me, not Notre Dame, Alabama, Georgia, and Ohio State. Notre Dame's not even in the discussion. Um, it's, a, it's a slippery slope 
um, for Notre Dame, they need to give Freeman time. You can't just give a dude one, maybe two years, or you turn into Miami and what they've done. And every time, you know, they try to go hunting for the next big, big name coach. And then that guy, they give him two years and then he flames out. And then they're on the hook for another big name coach. And, and it just, it never works. Um, but I, I look at this game as this is a big game for the future of Marcus Freeman in Notre Dame. Um, fans are going to say, yes, it's a rebuilding year. But how many losses do you allow in a rebuilding year is very, very questionable because it also impacts next year. And what I mean by that is let's just say Notre Dame finishes at 7-5. and five, And they go, well, this year's a rebuilding year. But next year we're going to be better. And the next year they finish 8-4 and four or 9-3. and three. It is better. But is it enough better to keep your job? And that, that's ultimately my question for Notre Dame is, are they going to – at what point do these players that, 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 that love their coach, at what point do they just kind of take it personally, rise up, and, and win a game that pundits don't know that, that they can win? And I hope for Marcus Freeman's sake it's this week against Syracuse. But I don't know that it's going to happen. I've got Syracuse winning. Again, I think it's going to be close. Um, mm-hmm. And that would be that, – that, now you're starting to, to tread on, on thin ice there, there for Marcus Freeman up in South Bend. It's Halloween weekend. It is college football weekend. We are college football games of the week. Hey, we got one more game I want to ask you about. I'll let you go there, Adam, because I know you got to, to do the daddy duty there. Uh, but uh, Georgia and Florida, anything uh, raise your eyebrows about this particular game? <clears throat> this one does for two things. One, um, this used to be an epic battle every single season, and now it's been kind of one-sided the last few years. But Florida has a quarterback in Anthony Richardson that has all the tools. He's very raw. If Georgia, excuse me, if Florida can put up some points early, I think you could see a situation where Georgia's in a dogfight again, just like they were against Missouri. I would personally love to see Florida pitch the upset. That would be phenomenal. Um, Do I think it will happen? I don't. I think Georgia has just too much talent. But I think Florida can absolute, could, could pull the upset. And if Richardson comes out and has a game similar to what Hendon Hooker just did against Alabama, I'm, Georgia's, Georgia very well could be on upset alert. Um, it would be a massive, massive win um, for Florida's new coach, um, who I'm blanking on his name, and I stumped for him all year last year when he was at Louisiana Lafayette. <laughs> But, uh, you know, I, I think this is one of those games that we're going to see how close is the rest of the SEC East actually to Georgia. Um, and and that's I, – I, I'm going to keep an eye on it. I don't know that I'll be able to watch it today, um, but I'm definitely going to keep my eyes um, on what's, what's happening um, there in that game. So I, I tend to think Georgia, Georgia wins. They're just – again, they're just real talented. But if, if Florida can get some points moving, um, we can have ourselves a game. So, yes, definitely. Keep, keep an eye on that one. Um, keep an eye on, on Oklahoma State and Kansas State. And, and I'll, be, I'll be watching uh, my boys roll up into to 
Happy Valley and, and Leia Hurton on some Nittany Lions. There, there you go. Adam Jevedan, our college football uh, co-pilot in uh, also, Super Bowl. Also, I would like to point out, the Cavs are 4-1, beat the Celtics last night in overtime, had Karis LeVert and Donovan Mitchell both dropped 41 points. Just saying, my boys, That's right. the rolling. You're, they're rolling. You're a suit. You're a super-duper-duper Cavs fan. Don't make me add an, an extra duper. Real quickly, before we let you go, are you going to be adding anything to Jeffy's Den this week? Yeah, um, this this week will be be kind of the the kickoff for, uh, you know, we had kind of the initial, the initial hey, here's, here's what we are, here's what we do. Um, next week we'll probably see um, some college football. Um, Next week's gonna. Pro- I'm probably. It's gonna probably be like a free for all. A little bit about everything. So you'll see. There we go. Some thoughts on the NFL. Some thoughts on the NBA. We'll probably touch on the World Series. I can't believe the Phillies came back and won. I think. I feel like anybody that has any love for baseball wants to see the Astros lose, unless they're in like Houston. Um, <laughs> the, the 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 taste of what they did for so many years is not. That's not leaving anytime soon. Like, if people still hate Barry Bonds, I can hate on the Astros for much, much longer. Um, so, I, so we'll see. Yeah, you'll see some MLB. We'll have some NBA, college football, NFL. Um, may even dip into some WWE, if there's any WWE fans out there, um, uh, with Crown Jewel coming up. So, it'll be just like a smorgasbord this week, a little bit of everything. Smorgasbord. All right, buddy. You have yourself a good weekend, and we uh, we appreciate you. Check out Jimmy's Den on BalanceSportsCast.com. Adam, you have yourself awesome. a great Thanks, day. And now, we, now I get to ask you where people can find your work at Masterpieces, so you 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 wait for that, sir. <laughs> we'll talk with you soon, Absolutely. Buddy. Awesome. We All right, have buddy. a good weekend, and we'll talk soon. All right. Adam Jimmin, college football co-pilot, uh, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Duper Duper Cavs fan, also a Guardians fan, or really anything Ohio for the most part. My name is Tom Mark Wazell, Presidente. Stick around. It's about to get scarier. The Air National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. 
morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA Sultan mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. I've seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what, actually, I'm, I'm just gonna order it. They make it fresh yeah, and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. special boo ballads. I love it. Happy Halloween weekend, guys. We had a lot of fun uh, at uh, my work yesterday with different Halloween costumes and stuff. And I actually uh, won a DoorDash card with my costume. I was the keeper of the steel. Uh, and most of you know I'm a big moonshine fan. I had my bib overalls on, my flannel shirt, my moonshine hat, and a ghost mask. I shared it with our Steve Wilson. Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com joins us, uh, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, and certainly uh, one of our big, big, big persons to help us launch our website. Check it out, BalanceSportsCast.com, and see how awesome it is, and then you'll know how awesome Steve is. Steve, you're out out at Martinsville. Have you, have you had a hot dog yet? Oh, it's a little too early for that this morning. <laughs> you know, Halloween candy. You know, we got a poll up, Steve, on our Twitter, on our Twitter world. What's your favorite Halloween candy? There's a lot of options, but the options that we put on there are Reese's Cups, Kit Kats, Snickers, or Mike and Ike's. What's your favorite Halloween candy out of those four, or either any candy that you like for Halloween, sir? Uh, Snickers and Kit Kats. Snickers and Kit Kats. Now, do you take – how old are your kids? 
Oh, they're long past that. They, they don't do that oh. anymore. Okay. I didn't know if you – I knew you had kids. I just didn't know how old they were. Okay. So, you don't, you don't take them trick-or-treating just so you can rob their uh, – well, here, i got to check the candy out. got to check the candy out. You know, I always buy an abundance of, of candy. Last year and, and the year before, I think a lot of it had to do with COVID. Uh, hopefully, it's changed this year. We'll have some trick-or-treaters. I have fun with it. I've got spooky music playing out there. I'll, I'll be dressed up something – Scary, probably a Colts fan. That'll be pretty scary. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I always buy an abundance of candy for intentional purposes of hey, you know, just make sure that we have enough for the trick or treaters. But really, in reality, if we're being honest, I buy an abundance of candy so that I can have it, <laughs> so I can have the leftovers. Uh, but it, but it, you know, Halloween's a lot a lot of fun. Uh, so, all right, this weekend, NASCAR rolls into Martinsville. As you said, a little bit too early for some hot dogs, but I'm sure you'll get some of those. Uh, it's going to be too tough to tame, uh, and it certainly is the next to the last race of the season. And Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief in, 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 of SpeedwayDigest.com. Uh, Let's break down the Xfinity race. What's going on today in the Xfinity race? We're going to look for good things from Brandon Jones, Sheldon Krieg, uh, and, of course, Ty Gibbs and Noah as well in, in the mix for uh, for. Uh, conversation there on uh, I think they've already qualified I'm pretty sure but Brandon Jones I believe is on the poll there but what are we looking for at it would in the I believe it's the draft top 250 I think it's the name of the race if I'm wrong on that please correct me sir yeah it's going to be a tough race for anybody out there today Brandon Jones he uh he, he was strong qualifying yesterday putting it on the poll uh however had a couple of issues with uh, some of the Drivers like uh, Noah Gregson, who right before he got ready to roll out, had a brake problem, had to change the brake lines out while they were waiting to qualify, and off the hill, never made a qualifying lap. So he's a he's one of the drivers that are trying to look and lock himself in the Phoenix next week, and he's going to have a tough time going uh, from the very rear of the field because he did have been able to post a qualifying. So let's talk a little bit about Martinsville. Uh, it, it's an historic track. It's a short track, and it's one of those tracks where people like to, uh, you, you know, get their aggressions out, per se. We've we got two races left. We're in the midst of the playoffs. Um, first of all, drivers got to keep that in check. But that said, you know, we are, we are in the midst of a, of a championship run, and it isn't close by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, but if we're at, looking at the Xfinity race today, and we look at uh, a, a half mile of what I would call mayhem about to ensue. Um, you know, for, well, first of all, talk with us about Martinsville, the history of the tracker, and, uh, you know, what makes Martinsville such an awesome track. And then second of all, let's talk about the Xfinity playoff series and what do the drivers and the teams have to do. You know, go out there, drive hard, you know, at, at the same time. Let's, let's, not, let's not kill somebody's chances of a championship um, for whatever reason. But there's always, there's always going to be some sort of mayhem at Martinsville. Yeah, Martinsville's been on the schedule since the very beginning, and it even predates NASCAR itself, but looking at 1947. So it, it's got a long history here uh, recently the southeast or southwestern part of Virginia. Um, so oh, started on dirt, paved. It's, um, it, it's a tight track. You don't really have a whole lot of room on this. You only have a couple hundred feet down each straightaway to, to be able to make any. To be honest, you know, for most 
drivers, the only way you're going to get around somebody is you're going to have to put some bumper to it, and that's going to ensue with madness and chaos and, and hurt feelings and tempers at the end of the race or even in the middle of the race. Um, you know, there's a lot of drivers out there, Noah Gregson and uh, Josh Berry, they've already locked themselves in for, for Phoenix next week, so it's more about points racing for them more than anything else. But, you know, there's six other drivers out there that are trying to lock themselves in, and like I said earlier, with uh, Austin Hill, he's got to start from the rear. Uh, it's a really tough position to go from the rear to, to make up a whole lot of positions here. So, you know, he, he's going to have to be smart about it and not get caught up in somebody else's chaos throughout that. Um, Brandon Jones has the best opportunity sitting for the pole. Um, he's he's going to have a clear view out, outside of that. It's just a matter of five to seven laps into the event before lapping will start. And then he's going to have to start working through traffic or putting people, putting the buffer to people, because if you don't, somebody else is going to do it to you. Well, I, I, you know, I, I, I'm watching the JR Motorsports drivers, uh, Noah Gregson, obviously, uh, but I like Josh Berry. I mean, I know he's, he's I mean, I, I, he's secured a, himself a pretty solid spot. I can't talk today uh, in the round of eight, but uh what do you what do you think about Josh Berry? I like him. He's a, I mean he's been a good all year along with Noah. Yeah, Josh Berry came up from racing short tracks, um, so he's is very much wet in his wheelhouse for uh, you know going into this race. Not that he needs to win it because he's already lost in Phoenix, but if he does win, he's going to get a uh, going to get more points um, next week. Well, actually, it doesn't really matter because that's the point. But you know, for him, it, it's just getting another, getting another clock out here. For um, you know, uh, I think he's got a good potential to go out there. Uh, he's already been re-signed to JR Motorsports for next year to come back and race with this uh, number eight machine that he's um, been in all year long. He showed a competitive side at some of the tracks that not necessarily been in his wheelhouse. He's uh, shown some uh, bright spots on uh, road courses and some of these intermediate tracks, which you know he really didn't have a whole lot of experience on until he came up into the. So he seems to be uh, working, getting progressively better, and uh, he's already gotten himself locked into a chance for a championship next you know, I, 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 I watch the truck series, too, and there's a very talented driver. Um, maybe doesn't get the credit that she deserves, but Hallie Deegan, I like her a lot in the – been liking her a lot in, in the truck series. I know you follow the truck series a lot as well. We don't talk a lot about the truck series here, but I expect for her to make a move into NAS, uh, not NASCAR Cup Series, but certainly the Xfinity Series. I, I would think maybe full-time next year. I mean, she raced in Vegas a couple weeks ago. Um, does, does somebody, or I think maybe she already has that secured, I'm not sure. But I think Hallie Deegan moves up from the Truck Series to the Xfinity Series, at least part-time, if not full-time next year. What are your thoughts? She's a very talented driver, by the way. Uh, well, Ford is committed to her, and with DGR uh, Racing converting over to Toyota, she's four-branded drivers, so she didn't have an opportunity to be in one of those trucks now that they converted over. Um, I know Ford is, like I said, committed to her, her progression in NASCAR, and, um, you know, I think if anything, the, the potential there is that uh, a Stuart Haas uh, car, uh, in addition to probably Hertz and another 98, but maybe in a SHR prepared car for somebody else like uh, SF Screenwriter. 
competed for in um, Vegas a couple of weeks ago. And so I, I see their progression looking forward to trying to get her up into Xfinity or Cup eventually. Uh, but I think we're just waiting to see where those dominoes are all going to fall for her next year. Do you see some kind of movement for her somewhere? Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, is down in Martinsville, uh, the short track down in Virginia. That's a, Is that a short drive for you? How, how, how long of a drive is that for you? You're in Virginia there. A couple hours for me. Not really that A couple bad. hours? Okay. Cool, cool. Well, the championship four will be set after Sunday's I, I never think about it until I see it actually in writing in front of my face because there's so much action that goes on in Martinsville, but it's 500 laps, 500 laps on that uh, really a short track. But you, Joey Logano's locked in. Christopher Bell and Chase Briscoe are the win and, win and your end type of situations uh, on Sunday. And then, of course, you got Ross Chastain, Chase Elliott, William Byron, Ryan Blaney, Denny Hamlin. All can still make the final four with a reasonable good points day. Let's break down these drivers. Let's start with Joey Logano. What are your thoughts? Um, well, he, he's already locked. Uh, you know, next, next week going into Phoenix is, uh, you know, once again, it's uh, for him, it's not really anything he can do at this moment. It's just about finding out who the other drivers are going to be right now. What are your thoughts on Christopher Bell? It's going to be tough for him. Um, after what happened out in Vegas, he's kind of it was kind of dug into a, a hole of not of his doing. He's going to have a real struggle here to um, if he doesn't start on the pole or start up front somewhere. Uh, statistically, um, the winner does not come from very far back in the field. So if he doesn't have a good qualifying effort, um, he's pretty much all but out of this thing. You know, Chase Briscoe, I like him. He's a kid from uh, Indiana. You know, you always got to like those Indiana kids. That's because we're from Indiana. Indianapolis, high atop the Dallas Studios in the West suburbs of, of Indianapolis. But Chase Briscoe, uh, I like him. What are your thoughts? Uh, kind of thing for him. Uh, you know, I think he's going to, he, he, you know, he's, he's going to have a struggle too. Uh, you know, for him, once again, you know, both him and Bell are kind of in a similar situation. I know that Briscoe hasn't really – you know, wasn't really tangled up into something like uh, a Bell was at Vegas, but still, um, I know he, he that's his, he's had his problems that has put him down in that, that kind of position to begin with. So he's got a hole to dig himself out of. Uh, once again, I just think, you know, without a good qualifying effort for him, he's all but out of this thing. Let's talk a little bit about Ross Chastain. Ross Chastain has, has scrapped his way all the way up to at least being in the conversation of, of being in the in the final uh, playoff positions. Uh, where, where, what are our thoughts on Ross Chastain? You know, Ross is uh, you know Ross has sort of ruffled a few feathers throughout the year. Um, you know, is Martin still that place they're going to get him back? I don't really know whether. You know, they are or not. I think after what happened with the suspensions, you know, I think uh, drivers would be a little bit more careful than, um, you know, necessarily trying to go out there and uh, put him in, you know, put him out of this thing, um, especially if NASCAR kind of thinks that they're doing it intentionally or on purpose to knock him out of this championship race. Um, he sits right, second rate right behind Joey Logano. Um, really, it's about point races for him, getting some 
So let's talk a little bit about Kyle Larson. I mean, he dominated at Homestead, you know, for the most part. But there was that controversy when Larson and Martin made contact in pit road during the final uh, round of pit stops. Uh, Kyle's been kind of getting – you look, go back and you look at Bubba Wallace, you look at a couple other things. I'm, I'm a Kyle Larson fan. Everybody knows that. I love his story. I, you know, I, I don't think he's going to get a repeat championship. But I, I love his story, and he's, he's a great driver. Uh, but he seems to be on everybody's radar. Is that just me and my in my overthinking things? No, I mean, you know, it's unfortunately for him, he was knocked out uh, a couple of weeks ago in Charlotte, so he doesn't have a chance to go at this for Phoenix. But I think his dominant showed last week, 199 laps he led throughout the race. Um, you know, going back and looking back, we played the tracks a couple of different times from a couple of different angles. I mean, it really does look like the fact that Troy kind of lost where he was at on pit road and then just had to check the brakes a little bit to get to his box before he passed. It was causing um, Kyle Larson to get in the rear. I don't think there was any intentional part on on either of their their, um, perspectives. I just think that, you know, going down that front stretch there, that time of day, you're looking straight into the sun. And that seems to be what had happened. He just kind of lost where he was at and had to check it up a little bit, and that's caused Larson to get into him and spinning. Chase Elliott, do we still look at him to be the champion this year? I think we've talked about it a few times, but, you know, uh, I, I know he's he's got a secured spot, so he hasn't been lighting the world on fire over the last couple races. But Chase Elliott, what are, you, are we still thinking that it's his championship to lose? Um, I think I think for him, I think there's a lot of pressure being put on him to win this championship just because he's Chase Elliott uh, looking for a second championship. And, um, you know, there's a lot of strong drivers out there right now with, uh, between zero, you have Logano walked in and uh, you've got uh, Chastain there, but you also got William Byron. I mean, I think William Byron could definitely give him a run for it if uh, him and Hamlin are able to sort this thing out and Hamlin drops out after tomorrow when Byron kind of is that fourth and final driver. Uh, I think that he's got a potential in a teammate there that could really um, challenge him coming into Phoenix next week. But um, just a lot of pressure on, on uh, Chase Elliott right now to win that second championship. So if we were to look at the uh, surprise uh, surprise person or surprise driver to come out of this weekend, who would it, who do you think that would be? Who, who would be insert name there? I think Danny Hamlin is that surprise driver. He's uh, he's been floating around that fourth, fifth position here for a couple of you know last couple of races or so. Byron um, had a good race uh, in Homestead last week, even though towards the end there, he didn't necessarily have the finish that he probably deserved out of it. He had a lot of he had a lot of points that he gathered up throughout the stages um, prior to that. Um, but, you know, Hamlet has been here to Martinsville multiple times and pulled off victories here. So if we've got somebody that may be kind of that dark horse um, looking at outside looking in at this moment, I think it's uh, Benny Hamlet right now. As you know, over the last couple of weeks, we've been on the Kyle Busch watch. He's uh, just got a couple races left at Joe Gibbs Racing. Uh, 
let's uh, talk about and, and do our weekly visit to Kyle Bush. What can we look for him from this weekend? This is going to be one of those tracks that, you know, he's, he's already on edge. He's like, can we just hurry up and get this over with so I can move over, over to Richard Childress Racing? Uh, but uh, on the Kyle, Kyle Bush watch this week, what, what can we add to that? Well, you know, they've got, you know, honestly, I don't think they've been getting in the top of the line cars here. We've seen engines go, go out. I know um, J, um, Joe Gibbs and TRD have kind of addressed that a couple of different times with the, the engine issues that he had multiple times. But I just don't think he's had, um, you know, even at Homestead last week, I mean, he really was a part of the conversation per se. In many cases, it was um, – he was, I mean, he kind of floated around in the top 15, top, low top 10 kind of area most of the day. And two years ago, or th- sorry, three years ago at, at Homestead when he won the championship in 2019, I mean, he pretty much dominated that race. Um, you know, and that was kind of, you know, abnormal for him not to go in Homestead or at least be part of the conversation. He just honestly wasn't part of the conversation at all last week. So, I don't know necessarily at this point in the season with him so far out of it, with him out of the championship and, you know, him moving over in two races, that, you know, he's going to get the best car. I mean, it's not like they're not going to put competitive cars on the track, but they're definitely putting all their efforts towards somebody like a Denny Hamlin right now, uh, giving him the best, the best cars that they have out there. So I would just think that I'm top Bush for his uh, effort this weekend. Um, you know, it's not necessarily about the car. In many cases, it's um, you can drive this racetrack, and Kyle Busch is uh, can be an aggressive driver. So um, I think he has to be pair the two together and kind of be competitive, but also be aggressive at the same time. Um, not, I'm not sure that he'll win, but I think he'll put on at least a good show. All right, Steve Wilson, editor in chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, Steve. Uh, who is your pick for today's race in the Xfinity race, the draft 250? Uh, who Who is your pick, your DraftKings uh, $5 pick of the week? For today, I am going to go with Noah Gregson. I know, excuse me, I know he doesn't need to win, but I just think that he's been dominant so far this season. Look to him to continue that dominance. All right, Steve. Well, we've got you down there for your $5 DraftKings pick, Noah Grayson. That's a $20 payout. If you pay bet 20, if you bet $5 on the DraftKings app, download it. It's actually a pretty cool app to do. I'm a big high roller. I do those those $2 and $5 bets and so forth. Steve, I appreciate you joining us today. I appreciate all the help that you gave us here with the show and on the website. Uh, what, what are you guys working on this week? I know you're going to be covering the championship quite uh, thoroughly, uh, but what do you got What do you got going on uh, this week, sir? Covering, it, covering the last four between here in the Xfinity Series and Cup Series tomorrow to see who we're going to get locked in for Phoenix next week. Uh, a lot of drivers out there that still have a chance uh, one race to make it in. So. All right, Steve. Have fun out there at the track. Uh, make sure you you make uh, some room for some Martinsville hot dogs. How many bags you gonna How many bags you gonna eat this weekend? Be honest. Uh, I'll probably <laughs> eat about five to six a day. I love it. 
I love it, man. I, I've, I, but, but, but track is on my bucket list to go, and that hot dog is one of the hot dogs I've got to have be, before I, I go to the pearly gates. All right, buddy, you have yourself a good weekend, and we look forward to your coverage. Appreciate you. Um, where can people find your work in Masterpieces, sir? Uh, it's at Speedway Digest on Twitter, Facebook.com, slash Speedway Digest, and SpeedwayDigest.com. All right, thanks, Steve. You have yourself a good weekend, sir. Steve Wilson, Editor-in-Chief of Speedway Digest, breaking down the NASCAR in Martinsville. My name is Don Mark Russell, Presidente. It is Boo Balance. I <laughs> love that. Happy Halloween weekend, guys. Uh, right around the corner, we're supposed to be having Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast going to join us and going to be breaking down the World Series. What a great win for the Phillies last night uh, against uh, the Astros. And uh, certainly we'll talk a little bit more about NASCAR and uh, just see what's going on with Tony uh, Donahue, right? After this on the Balance Radio Network. It's uh, Halloween weekend. National Guard is a reserve component of the United States Air Force and serves alongside active duty Air Force members in times of a national crisis. In addition, the Air Guard serves the state and local community in a wide range of capacities. The reason people join the Air Guard is as diverse as our members and includes such reasons as a deep desire to serve their country, money for college, travel, new job skills, and the pride that goes along with belonging to the greatest military organization in the world. I joined because I felt a calling to serve my country, but I didn't want to be far away from my family, so the Indiana Air National Guard was a perfect fit for me. With over 95 different career opportunities to choose from and 100% paid college tuition to any state-funded college, why not give us a call? Call 1-800-841-3103 or visit online at goang.com to find out more. Again, that's 1-800-841-3103. The Air National Guard, guarding America, defending freedom. Morning face. You get it when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, What is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got mace. Ow, they're hitting my eyes. It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so, um, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Massa Le Croix Piquet. 
which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. Thank you, Adam Jividan, Super Browns fan, Super Buckeyes fan, Super Duper Cavs fan. Uh, had to brag about his Cavs getting a, a little bit of a win last uh, night. Uh, and uh, cer- certainly our college football uh, cohort. And also, he's got an awesome spot on our website. Check it out, balancesportscast.com. Jividan's, Jivvy's Den. It's a great uh, escape for you to go read about just about anything and so uh we've got that up and going and our website is up and going so check it out it's halloween weekend it is boo balance i know it's corny candy corn sort of stuff but on our twitter on our twitter world our balance poll is up what's your favorite halloween candy reese's cups kit kat snickers or mike and ike's go vote on it at t balance tony donahue with the tony d podcast joins us tony what is your, out of those four, any of them, what is your uh, favorite Halloween candy? I'm going to go with Reese's. Um, my, my favorite candy bar is the Reese's Fast Break, but out of those, definitely Reese's. But but depends on what Mike and I should get too, right? Like the, the tropical ones or the berry ones uh-huh. are really good. I'm not a big fan of the hotter yeah. ones, but um, I'll definitely go Reese's number one on that list. Oh, absolutely. I'm a recent I'm, I'm glad I found somebody else that likes that that uh, fast break or take five. Is it take five or fast break? But it's, they're really, really good. And uh, I'm, I'm a candy freak myself. I always buy an abundance of candy because, you know, trick-or-treaters. We've had not very many in the last couple of years. I think it's COVID, so I'm hoping for some a lot of trick-or-treaters. But then on the other hand, I buy an abundance of candy. Let's not lie, so that I can have an abundance of candy here at the house. But uh, – I tell you what, it is a World Series. Let's let's start talking there, and then we'll work our way around on a couple other things. And certainly, not to deny your winning streak with the Xfinity Series uh, as well, and NASCAR picks as well. And we're going to get back into some NBA talk, so we got a lot to talk about. And certainly, we want to talk a little bit about the Colts. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in the next segment with with Ed Kratz. But certainly, a lot going on. The Colts game will put on our home half, as both of us are here in Indianapolis. But the Phillies. 
uh, and I'm sure we're going to be talking about this in the next segment as well, but the Phillies, well, they got a good win over over the uh, uh, gar- garbage cans, as I call them, the, the Astros. I mean, I think everybody would like to see the Phillies win this. It's going to be a fun series to watch. But, man, the, the Phillies, you're like, okay, the Phillies, they're, they're playing baseball, they're doing whatever. And then out of the blue, here they are in the World Series, and they – they get off to a, a remarkable start late night last night for Philly fans. But, man, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think what what I really love about baseball, and especially in the playoffs, is anything can happen, right? And on any given night, you can see something that you haven't seen in, you know, 100 years or ever or whatever it is. It doesn't, you know, it, it could be it could be an individual accomplishment. I mean, Kyle Tucker and his two home runs last night was huge. Um but really, when you look at that game, the comeback that started, uh, two-out rally kind of gets you back into it, 5-3, then you tie it up at 5. You go to that bottom of the ninth, and, and El Tuve gets on mm-hmm. on what he thought wasn't even a base hit, right? Like He thought that was just a routine fly ball. It drops. He's on first. He steals second and gets in there, I mean, just, just barely, and it's called safe at second. And then that little floater that went to right field, and Castellanos coming in, diving catch to save the game. I mean, that saves the game. Then you go to the 10th, and the next batter up, which, you know, if that ball falls to the ground on that catch, which it was very close, the game's over, Houston wins. And the very next batter for the for the Phillies, JT Realmuto puts one in the right field bleachers um, to come back and win at 6-5. to five. They got a little hairy there in the bottom of the 10th inning. I mean, the Astros are such a good team. They can beat you from spots one through nine in their lineup. So um, I thought it was a remarkable game. Um, I love the World Series. You really don't see six to five games in a World Series that often. It's usually two to one or, or one out. So um, if you weren't entertained by that last night, you're probably just not a baseball fan. Not a baseball. And, you know, as you were sitting there laying that out, I mean, how many of those as kids, you know, we played street baseball, we played little league baseball, whatever. How many of us as kids, baseball players, uh, had some of those exact scenarios play out in their mind? Okay, you know, it's the World Series. We got this scenario. We got this scenario. And you could just check off each and every one of those scenarios on that Suns game. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think when you're when you're growing up, you 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 want to be in that situation. You want to get to a World Series. You you, you want to play in one, and then then to have an opportunity. You know, look, this is they they're the fighting Phils, right? This is a team that that was was counted out, you know, in August, and they go on a pretty hot streak through September, and then now in the playoffs, uh, you know, their mindset's been look, we're gonna we, obviously to win the series, we're gonna have to win a game in Houston. They've been undefeated down in Houston, and the Phillies have been undefeated at home. So one of those things we're going to have to give. Justin Verlander, I mean, yes, he plays for the Astros. I'm not a, the biggest Astros fan out there. Uh, I do like the Phillies in this, in, in, this, in this World Series. But Justin Verlander, I mean, he's a true first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a special kind of dude. Yeah, I mean, he's, the, you know, one of the first, I think the first pitcher in all time to start in three different World Series over three different decades. And he I was rolling. Right. I mean, it was, five, it was five nothing. He was rolling. He was on his game. And then, you know, the Phillies said, look, we're not going to give up. We're not going to give up till the last inning of the ninth inning. And, 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 and really, anybody watching that game last night, especially if you're a little leaguer or in high school, you don't give up. In baseball, anything can happen. You get a little rally going, you get a couple hits. 
you know, you get an error on the defense or a stolen base, you get a little bit of momentum, and, and you get it all back one run at a time. That's exactly what they did to send it to extra innings. And then to get that home run, that solo shot in the in the 10th inning to go ahead, I mean, it just it shows you got to keep fighting. So, you know, it's still early into the series. I, I mean, I think I, I'm going to say that, that the Phillies win and Bryce Harper wins the World Series MVP. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's still a lot of baseball left to be played. I think everybody wants to see the Phillies win, but Houston's not going to go away. I mean, Houston's going to going to probably come out tonight, hop on them early, and kind of gain back that 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 little bit of momentum that maybe that they lost last night. I think they're a team that's just so good. Like I said, from 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 hitter one through nine, they can just they can beat you and Tucker and Alvarez and all these guys that that they put the ball in play, right? They put the ball in play, and when you put the ball in play, good things are going to start happening. Whether it's you know, little blooper base hits, whether it's five runs off of, a, you know, Kyle Tucker's two home runs, good things are going to happen. So um, I expect another really good good game coming up tonight. Uh, Tony Donahue of the Tony T Podcast. Tony, I know you, you, you uh, play around in the betting world like I do. I sometimes lean on you. So I'm going to lean on you tonight's game, the, the Phillies and the Astro. Uh, where do I put my $5 DraftKings big, big role at? You know, usually I'm a um, I'm I'm the type of guy that in the playoffs you usually go for pitching and you and it usually you usually go for that under the under is usually seven or eight runs total. But man, both teams have proven that they can they can get out and swing the bat and they're going to be aggressive. And if you if you make a mistake as a pitcher and you leave that ball anywhere near the plate, they're going to swing and they're going to put that thing in play. So I'm going to take the over in this one. I would love to see the Phillies win, but I think the Astros get back right and get a five three victory tonight. All right, Tony Donahue, the Tony D Podcast. I want you to put on your Homer hat with me. I got my Colts hat on right now as we speak. You know, I, we've 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 second guessed all kinds of stuff with uh, the Colts. I am so tired of talking about the Colts quarterback. Not that I ever thought that Matt Ryan was going to be our savior, but Matt Ryan proved to just be another line of quarterback disasters that we have. We finally get a chance to see what Sam Effinger is is all about. I think he's better than what people have given him credit for. Uh, I I know Jim Mersey liked him. For the first time out of West 56th Street there here in Indianapolis, I think they made a good football business decision. Nothing personal against Matt Ryan. Seems like a nice enough guy. Uh, But now Nick Foles is the the QB, too, as, as as uh, Ryan is benched right now for a couple weeks due to injury. Uh, but, you know, he, he, he took it in stride. He's like, you know, I'm here to help in any which way I can. I'm, I'm here to be a team player. Certainly that's what you would expect him to say publicly. But do you think that there's some disappointment with, between uh, the, the coaching staff, Matt Ryan, and just Matt Ryan maybe in his, himself and his ability to get this job done with the Colts? What are your thoughts on what's going on with the Colts at the QB situation? You know, I think this, this this decision was made on the fact that defensive line, the defensive pressure and the blitz is just attacking Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan can't move out of the box. He can't scramble left. He can't scramble right. He can't get himself, you know, out of the pocket to extend the play, and that really really makes you one-dimensional in that passing game. So, um, Ellinger, look, is he going to be the savior? No. Is he the next break? Two or three more football games? Yeah, I think so, in a favorable schedule. Now, if you're a Colts fan, you're going, well, wait a minute. 
we either want to win as many as we can to get to the playoffs or we want to tank so we can get a better draft pick. So it's almost like which one would you rather have as a fan? Uh, as far as Ellinger's play, you know, they, they've had this kid all along. They, they've spoken highly of him. He's, he's, he's ran the scout defense, and, and he, he's, he's a guy that, look, you know, it's best to just see what he has. You got to give him some reps. He's a guy you've drafted, and a, and a lot of the a lot of the team has talked highly of. So you you've got to give him a chance. If it doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. But I'll, I'll tell you this: I'll make a I'll make a bold prediction um, on on your show right now, and you can you can take it for what it's worth. But I don't think Matt Ryan has started his last game as an Indianapolis Colt. Okay. Well, I, and and I don't know if that's a bold prediction per se because uh, you know we know how how foes can can be. Uh, again, we don't know what we don't know with, with Sam. Well, I think, so I, think I, they, I, don't, I think they've said I think that they have they have said and they have openly with, with this move and going straight to, uh, to to Sam Ellinger, they've said we don't we're just giving Matt Ryan a paycheck. This is a guy that was brought in by head coach Frank Reich. This is a guy that you know has won Super Bowls. is, is a good guy, is a good team player, but they basically said by going to Sam Sam Ellinger that look, hey, we're gonna, we want to see what this guy has. We're not really worried about the rest of the season and Foles. It's not going to be used, so uh, we're going to see what this kid's got. The return of Darius Slack Shack. Um, I, I, I do wish he'd go back to. It's just me. It's just my superstition, but you know that's that's really all it is. But. Shaq Leonard back in the game tomorrow against the Commanders at home. How big of a how big of a punch in the arm, if you will, is that for the Colts? Well, you hope. I mean, look, this is a guy that uh, I I think is is slightly overrated in the NFL. To be honest, I mean, um, he hasn't been healthy all season. He hasn't been healthy since changing his name to Shaq. Um, so get out there and play. I mean, the defense hasn't been awful this year. Hopefully he can, he can still complement that and, and stay healthy. But, but I don't have major expectations for him in tomorrow's game against the Commanders. All right, let's uh, keep our homers hat on for just a little bit. Uh, you know, the Pacers, it's, we got a long ways to go, okay? So the Pacers are, are not off to an exciting start, but they are at two and four. Uh, they, they're in Brooklyn uh, they, they're coming up today, tonight at 7.30. And we're back to talking about NBA. We're back to talking about the Pacers. So, um, Tony, give, a, give us a forecast, if you will, for our Indiana Pacers. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, don't, we haven't had a lot of good things to say about the Pacers recently. Does that change this year? So, I mean, this is what I said on my podcast. Look, the Pacers, where they are, I mean, they're going to be exciting, and they're going to fight to the end. But here's here, here's here's what the expectations need to be. Look, they're not going to win a championship. They're not going to probably go to the playoffs this year. And another decent lottery draft pick's not going to hurt the team. It looks like, based on the first, you know, six six games that they found something huge in Benedict Matherin. I mean, first first player in franchise history to score over 100 points in his first four games. Um, you know, if if Halliburton is a stud, I mean. He had a double-double mm-hmm. last night. He's a great player. He's a leader. He has fun playing basketball. They're still going to be growing pains. They still need to trade Miles Turner to get him out of town. Okay, so it's not going to be it's not going to be wins consistently. It's going to be an up-and-down year. It's going to be a learning year, and it's going to be frustrating at times. It's going to be a heck of a lot of fun at times. So just hold on. Ride it for what it is. Tickets are going to be cheap. 
get down to Gamebridge Fieldhouse, have some fun, have some fun with the family, um, watch some watch some basketball, and go from there. Okay, because again, it's not going to be the best basketball you've ever seen, but they're going to be fun. They're young. They're going to be learning together. It's going to be a lot of growing pains and a lot of grow and, and a lot of learning curves, but it's going to be entertaining, and they're going to fight to the final horn as we saw. Uh, as we saw the other night with Benedict Matherin stealing it from his teammate, which is five five seconds to go in the game. You know, you're right. Ty Halliburton is is a beast, but you you meant to get Miles Turner out. You know, he had a 27 points. Uh, you know, to 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 the game. Uh, to, to to I can't even talk today. I don't know why. Uh, the win over the Wizards. So anytime you got a player that's going to add 27 points to the game to add to the win, do we really want to talk about moving him out of town? Absolutely. He doesn't he's do it consistently enough. Yeah, he doesn't do it enough. The more 25-point games he puts up over the next couple of weeks, the better, because that will boost his, his trade value. Um, but, yeah, no, you absolutely have to trade this guy. He's going to walk in free agency if if you don't. I mean, he's, he becomes a free, agency, free agent, and if you don't trade nothing out of a – out of a draft pick that, that that you selected and developed, he's going to go to a contender. He's going to go to a Portland, or or an LA or a Miami. If you let him walk, so you have to trade this guy. And I thought you had to trade him about a year or two ago. I think they're a little bit overdue on the trade. But as long as you get it done and you get some pieces back before the trade deadline, um, it's worth it. But yeah, you 100. I mean, it's 100 percent that you have to trade this guy. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast joins us playing a Swiss Army knife with us for today. Let's go down to Martinsville and, and uh, check out the race where there's good hot dogs down there right here. I was just talking to Steve Wilson of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor. He's down there in, in Martinsville. Too tough to tame. Uh, we're, we're coming down to it. And this is going to be a race of melee, and, and it's going to be, uh, you know, one one thing after another, it's hard to believe it's 500 laps, but there's a lot going on, and there's only a few spots left. So somebody's going to run somebody's day today and tomorrow, uh, and you've been pretty good about uh, being able to sift that out and, and, and helping us out with our DraftKings NASCAR bets. Uh, but uh, as you look at the, the race today on the Draft 250 down in, in Martinsville, um, it's going to be melee, but uh, what, are, what are your thoughts? Uh, break down the Xfinity race for us today, sir. I think you're underselling the fact that you've had to buy me dinner the last four Sundays because I've called the NASCAR <laughs> winner. Who was it? Christopher Bell, um, Kyle Larson. There was another one in there. Was it Oligano <laughs> at, at Vegas? I think there was maybe one more. Um, but That's you're right. right. Martinsville. Martinsville, you know, there's going to be a lot of bumper usage, right? There's going to be a lot of moving guys out of the way, a lot of bump and runs, and there, I, I, I think that there, there are three things that it will for sure, four things that there will for sure happen at Martinsville over the next two days. One, plenty of hot dogs sold. Two, you'll see a winner in both races. Three, uh, there'll be some beating and banging on the track, and four. There'll be there'll be fights. We will see fights. I bet we see multiple fights. This is where it's the end of the season. You know, if you're out of the playoff race, you're you're almost just ready to go home, right? You're almost ready to get yourself on vacation, get out of town, get away from the grind, move on. Um, if you're in the championship hunt and you get moved by somebody who's not, or you or, or you're battling with somebody and they turn you and they don't show you any kind of patience, you're going to be pissed. So I think we're in a situation boiling over this weekend. Uh, but it should certainly be entertaining. It's kind of what NASCAR likes, right? 
They love those beats and banging, the, the, the moving people out of the way, changing things up. So uh, looking forward to, to what comes over the next several, several hours here with, with NASCAR and Martinsville, uh, the Xfinity Series today, and then Cup Series tomorrow, obviously. Oh, absolutely. And, and, you, and you talk about, you know, there's going to be fights. You know, we've got just a couple races with Kurt Busch and, and Joe Gibbs racing left. And he's not happy being there, and he's ready to get moved on. Is he one of those guys that he's going to bring out the old Cal Bush that we knew from way back and uh, be one of those guys that's in the mix of it all, throwing haymakers and everything? Is, he, is this going to be his, his farewell to the old Kurt Busch uh, in, Joe, in Joe Gibbs racing type of scenario? Yeah, I mean, you know, the news of Kurt Busch retiring over the last week or two, you know, kind of kind of scaling back. He didn't really say that he was done racing, but uh, certainly scaling back, uh, I think, is the right move. And I've always been a fan of Kurt Busch. As far as Kyle Busch goes, look, I think there's obviously frustrations that Gibbs didn't bring him back. There's obviously frustrations that, you know, he's bringing up his grandson, Ty Gibbs, and, mm-hmm. you know, he, he let Kyle Busch go. Um, but that – that isn't something to take out on your crew. That isn't something to take out on your sponsors. That's something that, you know, is one of those things where it wasn't anybody else's fault. It was Joe Gibbs's fault. They decided, look, we're not going to, um, you know, bring you back. So you don't take that on your crew. You want to go out and get a win. You want to go out and compete. Uh, so I do think that, that, that we'll see some, some valiant efforts over the next two weekends out of, uh, out of Kyle Busch. Have you watched uh, any of the uh, Race to the Champions, uh, that docuseries? NASCAR did. I've not watched it yet. Okay, you need to. It's very, very, very good. It's a lot, I liken it a lot to uh, like uh, the, the football one that they did. They had the Colts 30 and 30, whatever it's called. I, I liken it a yeah. lot to that, but it's really good. But there, there was a scene in a couple of weeks ago where they, it was, it was uh, Kyle Busch and his wife and I guess his manager, and they were talking about this contract that Joe Gibbs is saying, hey, goodbye, you know. And he, he mentioned that his kids have, have, have called him grandpa. He was like a second dad to him. It was a kind of a jab in the, you know, like, okay, well, I may not be your real son, but I certainly have brought this team a long way. Do you think that uh, Joe Gibbs racing did Kyle Busch a bad they 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 kind of did him wrong, or do you think that that yeah. it was just hey it was a business decision? Is this what we had to do? Say it was a business decision. They're going to say all the right things as far as look, we couldn't find sponsorship, yada yada yada. Believe it, believe what it what you will. Um, you know, it's it's hard to believe that you couldn't find sponsorship for a guy like Kyle Busch who has who has done so well in the sport, has done so well for your team, has moved your team forward has helped grow your team. Um, but, yeah, I mean, look, they probably knew this decision was eventually coming. They probably knew that eventually it was going to have to come down to, okay, you know, am I going to keep this guy and maybe my grandson gets elsewhere? But, but look, it's not like Ty Gibbs is a terrible driver and hasn't proven that he can win races. I mean, Ty Gibbs has won in every series that he's been in. He, he's learned through some injuries of other drivers and, and, and such to – how to play the uh, how to play the game, you know how to how to raise clean, how to get out there and gain that valuable experience. So, um, you know, it's not like they're ditching him for a grandson that really hasn't proven anything. I mean, this guy's won races. This guy's been able to prove that he can run up front and and the Xfinity and the Cup Series or and, well the Cup Series too. 
but certainly the truck series. So, um, you know, I don't think they, they've done them wrong necessarily. I think they gave them, they gave them full bra, like, Hey, look, here's the deal. This is, this is a possibility. And we're going to give you every option and every chance to go out and find a different ride. And, and, and that's, that's indeed what he did. Tony Donahue with the Tony D Podcast. Tony, uh, it's time for you to give us your $5 DraftKings pick of the week uh, for tomorrow and today. So what what are your what are your picks for today, sir? Pick. Um, today, give me Justin Allgaier. He's a guy that, you know, knows how to get it done on the short tracks. He's got plenty of experience. Um, you, 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 you've always got a chance, I think, when you put money on him. As far as tomorrow, and I've been thinking about this, right, because there's a pressure on me to – to continue my hot streak and, and, and give you <laughs> right. more. The pressure's on. So I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna bail myself out here a little bit. I'm gonna give you two picks. I'm gonna give you Denny okay. Hamlin or I'm gonna give you Chase Elliott. It's hard to pick for me, one of the two. So I'm gonna give you either Hamlin or Chase Elliott. I don't know where the odds are for either of those guys. I don't even know if they've qualified. And to be honest, the winners I've given you the last couple of weeks. I haven't even watched practice or qualifying. It's just been a hunch. It's just been, hey, I think this is what's going to happen. So, um, well, that's, if you, that's, if that's you what we get, got for tomorrow, and hopefully we keep that streak going. Yeah, the bets have, the bets have been placed for Denny Hamlin and uh, for uh, Allgaier. I believe that's what you said. Uh, but the bets have been placed. For, they, it, it, believe it or not, ironically, this never happens. If, if they both win, there's $40 a piece, so that's 80 bucks. So if that happens, it's another it's – another, uh, Dinner for you, I guess, sir. <laughs> well, well, don't forget to don't forget to put a little bit on Denny Hamlin as well. Those are the two favorites tomorrow. I like Denny and Chase. Let's see if we can get it done again. All right, Tony. Uh, what what are you guys working on this week on and on both the uh, website burnoutsports.com and your podcast, sir? Yeah, the podcast talking about the expectations for the Colts. The year award for Indy Car and, and and yeah, we we had a most popular driver, but we also have you know what driver would you like to road trip with uh, across country? So we've had some fun with that, and nice. got to go on Thursday to see Marcus Erickson, the Indy 500 winner. Uh, I had an interview with him as as he unveiled his image on the Borg Warner Trophy. So be sure to check that interview out that I had with the reigning Indianapolis 500 champion, Marcus Erickson. Love it. All right, Tony, you have yourself a good weekend, and the work of people finds your work in Masterpieces, sir. Burnoutsports.com. Tom, we'll talk tomorrow. Hopefully we're talking about another NASCAR winner. You got it, sir. We'll talk with you soon. Take care. Tony Donahue of the Tony D Podcast playing the Swiss Army Knife for us today, talking a little Homer Colts, a little Homer Pacers, some NASCAR, some Xfinity, and some World Series. My name is Tom Marquez, El Presidente. Right around the corner on Boo Balance is... Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles, fresh off the bye week for the uh, Philadelphia Eagles. He's going to be breaking down uh, the Eagles, the NFL, and all that's in the NFL. We'll be right back right here on the Balance Radio Network.
morning face you get is when you don't sleep well. This is what happened to Linda. Morning, guys. Good morning. Ah, what is that thing? It's me, Linda. Oh, my God, it talks. Run! No, it's me, Linda, from HR. It looks hungry. Save the children. Save them. Stay back. I've got It's called beauty sleep for a reason. And there's never been a better time to get some. Get 20% off IKEA salt and mattresses. IKEA. Love your home. Oh, hi. Uh, hey. Seen on the board, do you guys have Black Rifle coffee here? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We only carry good small batch coffee here. Well, it is great small batch coffee. Well, that really can't be unless it's fresh roasted, so I don't, you know. Well, it is fresh roasted. I don't, I don't think you know what that means. You know what this is? This is Masa Le Piquet, which of course in the Indonesian language, oh, let me finish, in the Indonesian language, it's weasel coffee. You just made that up. No, it's been passed through their digestive tract. That's disgusting. And then it's nature's wet processing. Yeah, but is it good? I mean, it's all right. Are they investor philanthropists? Do they support good causes? Yeah, tons of causes. Veterans' causes and first responder causes, but it doesn't matter because they make good coffee. So that's what I'm wanting. Do you have any? You know what? Actually, I'm, I'm just going to order it. They make it fresh and roasted. Okay. Right. Black Rifle Coffee. It's good. two hours and we've got 90 minutes in the books thank you adam jibbin super browns fan super Cavs fan super duper Cavs fan that is also a fan of the guardians and uh well anything ohio you know the buckeyes the browns the the Cavs. Cavs got a win uh as well and uh also, check his spot out. He's got his own little corner of the world now on our website, www.thebalancesportscast.com. Up and going. Guys, it is awesome. Let me tell you, it's getting better and better. And a lot of the kinks, behind-the-scenes kinks, and the stuff that we were doing behind the scenes are, are done and completed. And I do think Steve Wilson, editor-in-chief of SpeedwayDigest.com, our official NASCAR contributor, I mean, he knows how to monetize and how to make a, a website do something. So I said, Hey, uh, Steve, can, can I lean on you? And he has been more than glad to help. So I have to give all the credit to him, but i tell you what, it is up and running balanced sportscast.com. We love it. You'll love it. Go check it out. And it's boo balance this weekend. It's Halloween weekend. We got us uh, up on the Twitter world. We got us a, a, a um, 
poll up is what is your favorite Halloween candy? Reese's Cups, Kit Kat, Snickers, or Mike and Ike's? Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles off of a bye week, uh, ready to take on the Steelers. Ed, how are you doing on this Halloween weekend? Hey, I couldn't be better. The Phillies won game one of the World Series, one of the best game ones Man. in World Series history. I mean, what a, what a, what a game that was. Uh, hard to sleep last night with the excitement of that. What an exciting game it was. Uh, I, I wish I could say that I made it through the entire game, but I, I, I did catch up on the on the highlights t- today. Hey, out of those four candies, or it could be any candy, out of those four candies, uh, though, what is your favorite Halloween candy? Uh, all of the above would be my answer there. Uh, is there a D, all of the above? Agree. No, I, <laughs> I should have put that I, option. I love – uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I like them all. Uh, my favorite probably be the Reese's Cups, but I, but I, and I love the Mike and Ike's. Um, but oh, yeah. I, I tell you, what's what's not on the list that I like is the peppermint patty. Very underrated uh, candy. Oh candy. my goodness, you're right. Peppermint you, patty. You're I right. You like that? Yeah. Now I know your um, kid. I know your kids aren't trick or treating, but you you have to admit, back in the day, you took your kids trick or treating just so you could make sure you took out all the good <laughs> stuff, right? <laughs> Well, let me tell you this. We had a we had a realtor knock on our door yesterday, you know, just to introduce herself, you know, if we were interested in selling our home. And she gave out a little care package, and inside it was two York peppermint patties. And I was like, I'm ready to put my home on the market now. That's there how you excited go. I was, too. That's all you got to do. Get the peppermint you patties. Do to, to get Ed's house on the market, you know, is, is to... <laughs> Give, give him uh, give him some peppermint uh, peppermint patties. I, I tell you what though, I, I uh, we brought out some. I got I got a bunch of candy in the hopes that we will have trick or treaters. The last couple of years we haven't had very many. I think a lot of that has to do with COVID. But I buy abundance of candy just just in case there's a have enough for the trick or treater. But to be honest, the real reason that I buy an abundance of candy is well, let's be honest. So I have an abundance of candy. <laughs> so, yeah, it's it, not it really is that simple. Let's let's yeah. let's not let's not overthink it. It really is that simple. We brought out uh, um, some corn and uh, candy corns. Now, do you like candy corns? Oh yeah, sure do. Yeah, see, I do too. But we have a really good mixture, and you probably may have had this before. But you mix in some uh, peanuts, and you mix in some candy corns. Mix them all together. Hmm. Good. I, you ever had a payday? Never done that. You ever had a payday candy bar? Yes, I have. Very, very good. It's got the nuts in it, right? The nuts and the and the yeah, yeah, caramel. Very, the and taste chocolate. is very similar. Yeah, the taste hmm. is very similar with the uh, yeah. I digress. Let's go with the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles. Yeah. Eagles has got a lot That's going right. on. Certainly unbeaten. Don't want to. Do not want to jinx them. You got the Steelers at home. Uh, you like to think this could be a, a box you check off, but it's the Steelers, and it's that time of year where. You're undefeated, and, you know, there's there's a reason there's only been one undefeated team uh, in the history of the NFL, and we're still talking about that. But Fly Eagles Fly did another good uh, acquisition in the trade market, uh, not necessarily for their, what he'll do for you guys on the field, but certainly a very strong defensive pickup uh, for the Eagles in the trade market. But most importantly is – the Eagles are playing chess where everybody else is playing checkers and you're doing such a great job of, of just manipulating. If that's, if I can use that word of getting high pick draft rounds, which is going to pay off when you're playing the long game 
which is exactly what you guys are doing. Uh, let's break down the Steelers and the Eagles, and let's uh, talk about what's, what's going on uh, with them with the new acquisitions that they've gotten here recently. Yeah, they just acquired Robert Quinn, the pass rusher from the mm-hmm. Chicago Bears. Now, you know, he's 32 years old. He's been in the league 12 years. Um, you know, what does he have left? He had 18 and a half sacks last year for Chicago, set the team record. Only one this year. Um, he's going to have a role on Sunday because he's really the definition of a rental player for the Eagles. I mean, they're only going to have him for the remaining 11 games and whatever playoff games await them at the end of the year. Uh, because the Eagles and Quinn decided to just uh, forego his final two years of his contract, which was huge. I mean, he was signed for over $20 million for the next two years, but Quinn agreed to become a free agent. So really, I don't see him coming back. So the Eagles are going to get what they can out of him, and we'll see if he has anything left. Um, You know, he just adds depth to that defensive line. Um, So we'll see where that goes. Uh, You know, he's never – he's only had one winning season in the league, Quinn. So we'll we'll see how he reacts in his – pursuit for another ring here uh the Steelers are going to be a good test the Eagles are coming out of a bye uh you know we'll see how that impacted them you know they had the extra week of everybody telling them how great they were at six and oh the only undefeated team in the league this and that so you know we'll see how they came back to work and then you know after this game four days later they go down to Houston to play the Texans uh so you know you know I don't think they'd be looking ahead to that but it is something that you think about is you know you only have a couple days to recover uh, to play before you play again. So uh, these are two pretty big games in the scheme of things on paper. It looks like the Eagles, they are the better team in both these games, but the better team doesn't always win. Steelers might get T.J. Watt back. We'll see. They're, they haven't made a decision. They have to make a decision by 4 p.m. Saturday if they're going to uh, add him to the 53-man roster. Um, you know, mm-hmm. he's been out since the opener when he tore his pec and then had knee surgery too. So uh, that would certainly give them a boost. But when you look at their quarterback, Kenny Pickett, you know, he's thrown seven interceptions. Uh, you know, this plays right into the Eagles' hands. The Eagles are leading the NFL in takeaways, and they're plus 12 in the giveaway takeaway. No team is even close to that. The next closest is plus four, you know, uh, and the Eagles are plus 12. They have nine interceptions, five fumble recoveries. So, you know, that does not look like a good matchup for the Steelers, they're, you know, their rookie quarterback, who I think is going to be pretty good. Uh, eventually uh, against this Eagles defense that likes to take the ball away. But again, it is the Steelers. They do play with their prideful organization. They're sitting at two and five, which is the same record, ironically, that the Eagles had last year at the same point in the season. The Eagles were two and five and they ended up nine and eight and made the playoffs. So, you know, if the Steelers want to turn it around and become, you know, this year's Eagles, if you will, then it has to start now in Philadelphia on Sunday. You know, we're talking about the, the, the how the everybody how the Eagles are playing chess and everybody else is playing checkers. There's a new chess piece player being rumored with the Eagles. Uh, Alvin Kamara with the Saints. He says he's not interested. He's staying with the Saints. Of course, he's going to say that. But where there's smoke, there's fire. There may be just a little bit of smoke, and we know how well the Eagles have been doing and picking up some pretty good trades. This would be another good – although he's had his, his battle with injuries – here recently, uh, but Alvin Kamara traded to the Eagles. It's a rumor, but what is there any truth to that rumor? No, I don't think so. I don't. I don't know where that began. I haven't been able to say get anybody to say, yeah, that's true. I mean, would you like to have him? Sure. You know, the Eagles are always plugged in with anybody that's on the you know perceived to be on the market or these great players, just because that's the way Howie Roseman does business. He calls and checks in mm-hmm. on everybody, so all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, the Eagles are interested in him, but. 
listen, this guy's getting a lot of money. He signed a big contract. And the Eagles just don't historically pay a running back that kind of money. Uh, and if you're looking to give up a first-round pick, I think the Saints want that first-round pick that they gave to the Eagles uh, in that trade last year. They also gave him their second-round pick next year. I don't understand what Mickey Loomis was thinking, but uh, be that as it may, the Eagles own two first-round picks again, and they're not giving the Saints their pick back. This pick might be a top-five pick. You know, the Saints are sitting there two and five. Uh, I don't think they're going to win a whole lot of games here, and that could be a top five, top ten pick for Philly. They're not giving that back for Alvin Kamara, especially with that contract. So I think the Eagles could make another deal. Trade deadline's Tuesday at 4 o'clock. I don't see it being Kamara. It could be another quarter uh, running back, uh, but not Kamara. Kamara is just – his contract's too expensive, and the, and the Saints want too much. And I just don't really see that happening, to be honest. Well, you're the, you're the source in the nest, dear sir. So we certainly uh, will lean on what you say. I know. Oh, I know. I know. I don't know how some of these, like I said, I know how they get started, how he calls on everybody and just to say, what do you think of this or that? Um, but you know, I, I just, it would take a lot to get him and then you're going to have to pay him a lot of money and the Eagles don't invest mm-hmm. in their resources that way. They spend on the offensive and defensive lines and, and they're going to have to give Jalen hurts a, probably a big contract in March. Uh, you know, I don't just don't see him taking a running back that's going to give you know count eighteen million dollars against your salary cap next year. Well, let's uh, walk around the NFL. Uh, obviously, uh, we're, you know where I'm going first, and it's right here in in my backyard, the Indianapolis Colts. My Indianapolis Colts have finally made a good business decision when it comes to quarterback. Uh, but the unfortunate thing is, when are we going to learn to stop making the bad decisions and just start with the first decision? And I think they've made a really good decision on this. Uh, and it very well may have saved Frank Reich's job, to be honest with you. They move away from Matt Ryan. Uh, he's, he's hurt, so he's QB3 right now on paper. I'm sure that uh, Nick Foles will go back to QB3 at some point. But when they moved on to Sam Matt Ellinger, uh, to, to the quarterback, They've had him for a while. We don't really know what he is because we don't know what we don't know. We know that he, that he played well in the preseason. We know that he's got some exciting things about him, but we don't know what we don't know. I know Jim Irsay has been really high on him and really likes him a lot. And Ballard and, and Reich have kind of been very reserved with him. And, and, you know, again, going from a QB3 to a QB1 is almost unheard of. It, it has happened. Uh, but – is he, is, is he the savior, if you will, at the quarterback position with Colton Mill? I don't think so. I don't know where that person is. Maybe we're still waiting for them to be born. You know, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's that far before we actually have a, a, a very good quarterback uh, with us. But certainly, you know, the thing is, we've got some of the most talented players in the NFL uh, on both the, right, on the defensive side. You know, uh, Shaq, uh, Leonard, I, I'm still – getting used to calling him that, but don't get me started on that because, you know, ever since he changed his name, his health went down, the Colts thing went down, so I don't want to get started on that superstition. But the Colts go forward with, with Sam Ellinger. They put Matt Ryan on the bench. Matt Ryan's, you know, saying all the right things. He's a nice enough guy. He seems like a really good guy and, and you know, a good family guy and all that. But, uh, you know, he's saying all the right things in the press conferences. You know, hey, I'm just here to support the team. I'm going to do whatever I can do to help Sam uh, grow. But, Listening here on local radio and stuff, they were saying, we've seen this coming for a while because he's been getting heavy, heavy uh, playing time in practice. He's been getting 
you know, side-by-side time with Matt Ryan. The, the writing was on the wall. So they've made the decision to move on to Sam Ellinger. And, and I think what that gave a signal to us and to Matt Ryan is, hey, here's your paycheck. Sit down and be quiet. Let the grown-ups play. What are your thoughts? I'll get off my soapbox. Now. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, Ellinger hasn't attempted a pass, I don't think, you know, since he was drafted. And what was he, a sixth-round pick? I mean, I don't know how much he, 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 he has some playing time with Ellinger. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, but you know, here we are, <laughs> regular season, middle of the season, the team <laughs> counting on them to win games. A lot, lot more pressure on Sam Ellinger now mm-hmm. than there was in August. Yep. Um, but you had to do something. I mean, this offensive line has just been a disaster. They can't pass block. Matt Ryan has just been under heavy pressure. What's he been sacked twenty four times? I mean, that's far and away probably more than any other quarterback in the league. So. At least Ellinger gives you a little bit of mobility that maybe he can keep a play alive and, you know, get out on the edge and and try to extend the play. And probably since he's a rookie sixth-round pick, he'll probably try to run more than he'll throw it once he gets outside. So, uh, you know, I I guess that gives you a little bit of of hope. But I said this before, Tom, the Colts aren't going to be, you know, any kind of threat to win the conference, yet alone the Super Bowl, until – they figure out the quarterback spot. They've had, what, this is their sixth starting quarterback now yeah. in, in five years. Yeah. There's six different ones. You, you can't win like that on a consistent basis. And they better figure it out. You know, they got to go into the draft next year and find one if Ellinger isn't the answer. And I, I don't think he'll be the answer. I, you know, he might give you, yeah. you know, a few wins here this year. But uh, I, unless he surprises the heck out of me and everybody else. But, you know, you got to go find the guy. And you have to develop him. And, that's where I think Frank Reich's job could be in trouble because, you know, if you bring in a quarterback, you probably want to bring in a head coach with that quarterback uh, so they can kind of grow together. Um, and, and that's what they have to do. And I, I, I can't believe that they haven't done that already. They, they keep these band-aids, you know, they trade for Carson Wentz. They trade for Matt Ryan. They bring in Phillip Rivers. I, I mean, it's just been one debacle after another, if you ask me. And, and that's a shame, you know, because the Colts fans, I think, deserve better. I mean, they they need to be able to get a guy that you can go out and buy his jersey. You know, we know he's going to be there for a while. Exactly. Um, exactly. And, and, it ha- and it hasn't happened. And, and uh, you know, it's a shame because they have good pieces on that roster that, that can win for you. Uh, it's just a matter of finding the right quarterback. And it, it, this matchup against the commanders, I mean, Carson Wentz, this was supposed to be Carson Wentz coming back to – Indy, and you know he's hurt. And he's again. not playing. So yeah, <laughs> and he's not playing. So you got you know this is not the quarterback matchup that we're going to see that we thought we'd see back in August with Matt Ryan against Carson Wentz. Now you got Taylor Heineke and Sam Ellinger, and you know who, who's going to win that? I, I don't know. I mean the Colts need to win it to keep pace in the uh, in the division with the Titans. So uh, we'll see if Ellinger can get it done. Well, you know. I, I bleed blue, so I'm, I'm, I'm behind him 100%, wow. but let's, let's hope it's a good decision. All right, let's move on around the league here, and let's start with the Giants and the Seahawks. The spread is three and a half. The New York Giants are one of the most surprising teams thus far. I think, and we've talked about this here on the show, the Giants are the real deal. Six and one surpassing their win total from 2021 and, you know, trying it from 2020. But still, they've just – I think Brian DeBoa is – Coach of the Year already. Let's give let's give him the award. Let's give him the trophy. I mean, this guy is 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 the real deal, and he's turned this Giants organization around to a fun team to watch. 
to a team that people are buying tickets to, are buying jerseys. Uh, the, the Giants and the Seahawks, uh, uh, the, the, the spread is, is, is uh, three and a half with the Seahawks, but, uh, I mean, again, that's three and a half. Right, let's give it to the Giants. Let's go. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, I mean, listen, there's two teams in the, in the entire football league that have six wins, and they're both in the NFC East. The Giants and, and the Eagles, uh, nobody would have expected that, um, but here we are. Uh, and now they go to Seattle. They're a little banged up, the Giants. They've won four in a row. Uh, they're very good at, uh, you know, coming along, uh, coming from behind in the fourth quarter uh, to win ball games. They've really done a good job, and that, that definitely speaks to the coach. And Brian Dable is doing a great job there, especially with Daniel Jones, uh, you know, who everybody thought was a turnover machine. But he's doing a pretty good job, and I think that's just the coaches who have really have done a good job uh, playing to his strengths. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's a tough game for the Giants. They lost two offensive linemen, I think, uh, last week. Um, they're, they're not real good at stopping the run, uh, you know, right up the middle. And, you know, I think Jackson, or Seattle's going to have to take advantage of, of the running game here if they want to try to get a win. But, uh, you know, the Giants are for real. And you think about it, they have six wins. There's a 10 games left for them. I mean, they only have to win like four more games to get to 10 wins, and that's probably enough to get in the playoffs. And an NFC that is really topsy-turvy with the Bucks struggling and the Packers struggling and, you know, the Saints not being what everybody thought they might be. So you think about that. They only have to win four more games out of the next 10 to get to 10 wins and probably get in the playoffs. So, yeah, the Giants have done a great job uh, this season, and they're certainly – you know, a team that nobody quite yet believes in, but I do. I think they're going to be okay and, and make the playoffs. But I think this game in Seattle is going to be a good test for them. We'll see if, you know, if they can, you know, rise up again and find a way to win it late against the Seahawks. I think it's going to be a close game. Well, you know, Eli is sitting back on his couch with all of his millions of dollars. So, but why the hell couldn't you guys do this when I was there? What the heck? <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's well, they didn't go up to the Bulls. I got all right. I, you know, they, they, yeah, they, did yeah. they did do that. All right, let's talk about the Bears and the Cowboys. Bears have been relatively impressive over the last couple of weeks. The Cowboys also made a trade this week to help solidify their depth along the, the dominant defensive line that they have. They got that uh, Jonathan Hackins was traded from the from Las Vegas to Dallas uh, in a in a uh, swap of late round picks. Uh, but uh, with Dallas going a 2023 seventh in the, the deal, I uh, can't speak today. That's okay. Uh, the Bears and the Cowboys, Cowboys have spread nine and a half. What are your thoughts? The Cowboys are at home. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, the Bears did a nice job in that, was that Thursday night game or Monday night game? I can't remember when they played. Uh, I guess it was Thursday Monday. Night. Was it Monday? You might be right. Might be. It might have been Monday. Monday. Yeah, they they beat the Patriots. You know, put up thirty plus points for the first time in two years, and you know, it looked like they kind of figured out a little bit how to use Justin Fields, which is use him, you know, as a weapon in the run game. You know, they had more uh, run plays called for Fields, you know, but the Cowboys' defense pretty good. They got some pretty good athletes that can. Uh, you know, track down fields and kind of shut him down a little bit. They didn't give up many yards to Jalen Hurts uh, when the Eagles beat the Cowboys a couple weeks ago on Sunday night. Um, so they can they can contain a quarterback pretty well. Um, and I just don't think the Bears have enough weapons to, you know, keep up with the Cowboys here. I think this is the second game back now for Dak Prescott after he missed all those games with the thumb injury and didn't really, you know, show much in his first game back against the Lions. 
but this is the second game now. He probably should take another step. I, I just think, you know, whatever the line is, I think it's what, nine or ten points. I, I think the Cowboys will probably cover it's, that. Yeah, it's I don't nine and a half. Yeah, I, I don't think the Bears are, you know, regardless of what they did against the Patriots, I don't think the Patriots are that good either, and the Bears blew them out. But I, I just don't think the Bears are as good as advertised. And the Cowboys, you know, five wins again, the NFC East. You know, they're nipping at the heels of the Giants and Eagles. They're going to want to keep pace. So, yeah, I think the Cowboys will take care of business here, and uh, especially at home, and they'll probably beat the Bears by two touchdowns. All right, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles in SI.com and our official NFL contributor. Uh, we're going to bounce around the league here on the hot seat here, try to get through as many as we can. We've only got just a, a few more minutes. We're going to go into a little bit of overtime and try to get through some of these games, but not very much. So let's go across the pond. The Broncos are at the Jack Wires in London. Never, I never make the sense on how they get to that, but I would expect a low-scoring game at Wembley Stadium uh, tomorrow morning, if you will, here at, at 9.30 Eastern time is when they, they start. Uh, I mean, I, I look for the, the, the Jaguars, uh, Trevor Lawrence has, has been really uh, kind of a, a, a quarterback to watch, but because the Jaguars are in the AFC South, low-scoring game, let's give it to the Broncos. What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, I won't be setting my alarm to get up and make sure I see this one. Although I will watch it at some point. But uh, you might be up a late uh, actually, in the night. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, the Jags thought that, I thought they were a good team when they came to Philly in Week Four, They're sitting at two and one and atop the uh, division, and you know they haven't won since. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, the, the Broncos—they look like they might be headed for a fire sale if they lose this game. My goodness, they'll be two and six, and you know you might be able to think about it. You know, Jerry Judy and Bradley Chubb and, you know, some of those other guys that have been mentioned in trade talks because the Broncos are just, uh, you know, they're not what everybody thought they would be. And, um, you know, I, I guess it's the home away from home for the Jags, right? They play in London every year, it seems. So, uh, and they're pretty good there, you know. So it is kind of like a good home field for them. So I, I think the Jags might find a way to win and continue the misery of the Broncos and their uh, their new head coach, who probably won't let, you know, I don't know if he'll be back unless he turns this thing around. Well, you know, they're talking about expanding the NFL to the UK. Let's start with the, with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Just move them on over there. <laughs> <laughs> get, been talking about get them out of like the AFC years, South. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. you know, they, you'd be happy with that, right? They seem to have the, have the coach yeah. number whenever Indy goes down to Jacksonville, so. I guess it used to be that way. Cardinals yeah. three and four. Man, what has happened to the Arizona Cardinals? They must have got stung by a scorpion or something. But the Vikings five and one. Uh, the spread's three and a half for Minnesota. Uh, you know, you're looking for the Cardinals to have their first win, their first game win in Minnesota since 1977. They've not won in Minnesota. Um, we'll, we'll see what happens. You know. Uh, the 2022 debate uh, debate debut of DeAndre Hawkins uh, isn't going to slow down his second game and, you know, and Robbie Anderson and so forth to that game. Um, I don't know a lot about this game as far as stats goes, because I didn't do a lot on this, uh, but I do know that Hawkins is coming back from suspension. And I do know that that's good for fantasy football players. So what do you say about the Cardinals and the Vikings? <laughs> Oh, you hope it's good for Kyler Murray, too. I mean, he's, you know, kind of been 
Uh, it hasn't really found a, too too much of a reliable target there. And he'll make all the other guys around uh, in that receiving core better. I really like Rondale Moore, but um, I think Hopkins will help. Uh, but, yeah, I think Cliff Kingsbury is another coach on the hot seat like the Broncos, Nathaniel Hackett. Um, you know, much more was expected of the Cardinals, and they haven't delivered. And meanwhile, the Vikings are rolling along at 5-1. and one. The only losses to the Eagles on a Monday night football game here in Philadelphia. Uh, are they a legitimate five and one? I mean, listen, you are what your record is, uh, you're what your record says you are. So yeah, they're 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 pretty good, and uh, it's a home game. And uh, remember last week I was picking all the road, or maybe two weeks ago I was picking a lot of road teams. But you know, I think the Vikings will will hold serve even with the hop coming back at the receiver spot for the Cardinals. I think Vikings find a way to win this game and get to six and one and you know, keep the pressure on for the home field advantage in the NFC playoffs with the Giants, Cowboys, and Eagles. Guys, we're in overtime. We won't we won't spend a lot of time here in overtime, but we are rolling into overtime. So uh, if you're listening to us on the podcast, pretty freaking awesome. And, you know, here's another thing to point out. You, not only can you find us on the podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, all these different podcast platforms, we're there. But the really cool place we're at now is on our brand-new website, balancedsportscast.com. Go to it. It's just on the right. Hit play. And any show that you want to listen to, it's, all of them are archived on there. All of our shows over the last 10 or 11 years, if you want to go back that deep, I would advise you not to. <laughs> when we started out, there was a, it, we, we weren't quite as awesome as we are now. I'll tell you, they're, they're there. I went a few weeks ago when we were putting all this together. I was like, man, have we come a long way over the last 10-plus years. But um, anyway, go there. All right, Ed, do you remember a few weeks ago, a couple, three weeks ago, the Lions were on a streak. The Lions were – everybody was talking about the Lions in the preseason. And we and Rick and all of us were saying, oh, it's the Lions year. It's the Lions year. And, and you made the comment. You said, they don't know that they're supposed to be this bad. Well, apparently somebody told them because they have the worst defense <laughs> in the entire NFL. And now, now they've got the clue that one in five, uh, they are taking for the first round draft pick. Uh, in theory, I would say probably no yeah. team actually does that. That's just something that we like to talk about. Dolphins are playing hot four and three. This is a good box for them to check off on the road. I mean, you know, I don't know that there is a bold prediction here at all. I mean, It'd be crazy if, if Miami goes to Detroit and gets a win. And you were there a few weeks a, a few weeks ago. You know that it's a mammoth home field advantage. I wonder if that's changed now. I just I'm curious if it has has or not. Dolphins at the Lions. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I don't know. I just know that environment week one with all the expectations and coming off hard knocks and all that stuff was just an unbelievable uh, environment to be in. And I, I don't know if it's changed. I suspect it. Probably has, uh, you know, they're one and five. Um, haven't looked good. They do have trouble on defense, but you know, I think a lot of their problem is Jared Goff too. I think the Lions are another organization that needs to go out and find stability at that quarterback spot. You know, they had Matthew Stafford and they couldn't do anything with him. He goes to the Rams and he wins the Super Bowl. So you know, that speaks to coaching as well. Now I know Dan Campbell really wasn't a part of that, but. Uh, Dan Campbell's a guy that, you know, he talks a good game and he's fiery and feisty, really put these guys through a really, really hard training camp, you know, all the hitting and, uh, you know, everybody's like, boy, that's great. That's great. Look, they're going to be ready. And, and here they are one and five. Meanwhile, I contrast it to the Eagles who ran kind of a country club training camp 
and everybody's like, oh, this, they're going to get hammered. They're, you know, they're not going to be ready. They haven't hit anybody. They haven't tackled. And, you know, here the Eagles are 6-0. and So, you know, which approach is the right approach? If you go on that, it's, you know, hey, we got to take care of our players. We can't push them so hard in August and expect them to, you know, get out of the gate quick and, and be successful. And, you know, the Lions are not. And I know a lot of that's personnel related, and they need to get better, and they need to find a quarterback. I mean, I like Hutchinson. I think he'll develop that, you know, they're getting something out of Akuda at cornerback. He's playing a little better, another former first-round pick. So, uh, you know, but listen, the quarterback makes the world go round in the NFL, and they need to find one. Jared Goff's not the answer, uh, just like, you know, the Colts are having trouble with the quarterback spot and so many other teams in the league. But that's where they need to start in the draft. And it looks like they're going to draft high once again um, with the Jaguars again. Uh, it, it always seems to happen this way. So, yeah, the Lions – I don't know. The Dolphins will probably beat them. I mean, I know it's in Ford Field, and I don't know what that atmosphere will be like, but, uh, you know, the Dolphins have a very good defense that can give Goff headaches. Well, another really fun, exciting nail-biter will be the Raiders at the Saints. Raiders are 2-4, and four, and the Saints are 2-5. and five. You know, something's got to give here. The Saints are, are, are sticking with quarterback Andy Dalton as their permanent starter, even though – uh, Dennis Allen says that Jameis Winston is healthy and healthy enough to play, but it's Dalton's job now. And can he get it done? I, I don't know. He, he did all right when he was with the Bengals. He still hasn't proved anything to me at, as a Saint. Um, and I think this will be a good game, you know, fantasy football wise for for Josh Jacobson. Jacobs, I'm sorry, he'll become the fifth player in NFL history with at least 150 scrimmage yards in, in rushing touchdowns in four straight games, joining LaVillian Thomas, Larry Johnson, and Priest Holmes, and Terrell Davis. So there's that for the Raiders, but that's probably the most exciting thing going to be happening tomorrow between the Raiders and the Saints. What are your thoughts? Well, did I mention how important quarterbacks are in the NFL? Did I mention that? I think they have. <laughs> that seems to be our theme today, right? <laughs> And the Saints don't have one. I mean, you know, Dalton's, you know, he's older than he was with the Bengals, obviously. It's been a few years since he was there. Uh, Jameis Winston, you know, he, I was never a believer in Jameis Winston after the 30 touchdown, 30 interception year he had. They don't have a quarterback. And, you know, what else they don't have is a first-round pick to try to find one because the Eagles have that. Uh, so they're in trouble. The Saints are it's in a world of hurt here. Um, you know, and the Raiders, they, they were a disappointment. They, they were expected to, you know, that AFC West was supposed to be, you know, like the best division in the history of the NFL, and it hasn't proven to, to be the case. And the Raiders are a part of that reason. They're limping along at two and four, haven't looked good uh, many times this season. So, you know, it's a big game for whoever. I mean, I guess both these teams are dying for a win, but I think the Raiders will find a way, even though it's in New Orleans, um, you know, I, I, gosh, I, I just, I'm not a believer in the Saints. I just don't think they have a quarterback that can, you know, get the job done on a consistent basis. They might win this game, but, you know, I think there's not much hope in New Orleans until they can find a quarterback. And good luck finding one without a first-round pick. You're going to have to maybe go the veteran route in the offseason. Um, hasn't worked out well. Dennis Allen's their new head coach. He's still kind of finding his way a little bit. But, and with Josh McDaniels in, in Las Vegas, another first-year guy who already failed in Denver. Um, I don't know. Take your pick in this one. I don't think in the scheme of things it matters a whole lot which team wins. Final game, Ed. Let's talk about the Patriots, three and four. That's exciting to watch. Um, I, I mean, too bad it was, didn't happen back when, you know, we had uh, Manning and we had Brady. But nonetheless, always good to see the Patriots on the lower end of the scheme. 
the Jets come in at five and two, though. I don't think really anybody expected the Jets to do this. They they ha- are going to want to end a 12th game winning losing streak against the Patriots. I mean, honestly, there's not going to be a lot to talk about this game. I think it'll come down to kickers. Nick Folk, by the way, since we're talking fantasy football, is on my fantasy football, one of my fantasy football leagues. So if it comes down to kickers, hey, uh, throw a few points for me. You can never win your fantasy game on a kickers, no. Just saying. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would advise that. Uh, but, but you know, certainly he's a, he's, a, he's a clutch, and he could kick from a distance, and they're at uh, MetLife Stadium. It's hard to kick anyway. Uh, and so, you know, this is a, a good time for a bad team to get a good win at home. <laughs> Does that make any sense? Uh, the Patriots and the Jets. You think the Jets are a bad team? Is that what you think? They're the uh, Patriots. I guess the I, Patriots. I, I, they're, 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 they're a, the most non-exciting 5-2 and two team in the NFL. Do you disagree with that? Well, I – yeah, maybe. I mean, I haven't really seen them play. Uh, you know, I, I don't do the red zone because, you know, I'm usually working on Sundays and I don't get a big, a whole lot of chance to watch other teams. I'll, you know, see highlights and stuff during the week. But, um, yeah, Robert Saleh, I guess he can coach, right? Five and two. And, you know, here's the Jets. They're, they're trying to do it the right way. They had, they drafted Zach Wilson high last year, and that's what, you know, you need to do. There's going to be struggles with a rookie uh, and you hope in year two he starts to click a little bit. I know his season was delayed a bit with the knee injury he had, but you know this is this is how you do it. You know you you, you find a quarterback you believe in, you build your scheme around him, and and then you hope you can develop him and and get some wins while you're doing that. Maybe with your defense, and the Jets have a good defense. They do have a really good defense, and um, they've won four in a row. I think. I mean they. they They've been one of the bigger surprises. I think both those New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, um, have been really big surprises in the league this year. And, you know, the Patriots, boy, they looked horrible against the Bears. Uh, You know, that whole quarterback thing, Mac Jones plays and gets yanked and Bailey Zappi comes in. I guess Mac Jones is going to start against the Jets. And the Patriots usually play the Jets well. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. This Jets team you know, has something. They have a good defense. Zach Wilson is developing as the quarterback. And uh, I, I like the Jets in this game to, to beat the Patriots and keep their misery going. <laughs> right. We'll see. We'll see how it rolls. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, our official NASCAR contributor. We always love having you on. Uh, and I hope you guys get a treat at the home this weekend and, and nothing scary. I have to tie in the, the Halloween theme. I mean, we named the show Boo Balance, for God's sake. But, I love the Halloween theme song you were playing when I, when I first called in, that, uh, the Halloween music uh, from the Mike movie Rams, Halloween. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. yeah, that's just one of the creepiest, uh, scary music that I can think of. That and the Jaws, <laughs> you know, that suspenseful Jaws yeah. and the sharks in the, in the water. But, uh, that Michael Myers uh, Halloween theme song is, is really, really good. I don't know if you've followed the Michael Myers movies over the years. I have, I've watched them. But this year is supposed to be the last one. The last Halloween, I think, is what it's, it's actually called, the last Halloween, I think. And I think uh, Michael Myers, we finally find out who he is, and he's going to die. That's what I understand. Wow. And they're going to they're gonna kill the series. This is it. We'll see. Wow. We'll see if it, if it well, actually happens. Well, you know, the Eagles usually 
treat you guys pretty good in, in the press box, so maybe they'll load you up with a lot of good Halloween candy for you this weekend while you, while you watch the <laughs> Eagles beat the Steelers. Man, I, 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 if I were you guys, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, and I know I said we're done, but are you just a little nervous for as a fan? Are you just a little nervous? Okay, is it this year, is it because if it does happen, I don't want to jinx, I don't want to say anything, but if it does happen, wouldn't you want it to be against a very, very good team and not a mediocre team like the Steelers? I mean, are you guys a little nervous about that if you're a, a, a an Eagles fan? Well, I don't, I don't well, know. You can't talk about it because nervous, you're like, like you know, like a no hitter. You know, we don't, no, we don't no. do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, the 1972 Dolphins had a, a call leading up to last Sunday's game when they hosted the Steelers because they were being honored at halftime, the mm-hmm. 50th that, uh, yeah. year anniversary of the undefeated team. So I was on a call. Uh, with four of the seven remaining Hall of Famers uh, surviving, I should say, three have oh, passed. Cool. But uh, four of them were on there. At, you know, uh, Paul Little, I think that was his name, Paul, uh, Larry Little, Larry Little, uh, Paul Warfield, Bob Greasy, or Brian Greasy, and uh, or no, Bob Greasy, Brian's his son, and uh, Larry Zonk. Fun, fun, Zonk. fun fact, fun fact, fun fact of, of Bob yeah. Greasy. A lot of people don't know this, but do you know where he's from? Bob Greasy, uh, yeah. where he grew up? No, yeah. Indianapolis? No, Evansville, Indiana, my hometown, where Evansville, I grew up. It's three okay. hours south of Indianapolis, yeah. Uh, that's oh, that's okay. my greasy fun fact. His, his son was very greasy. I mean, he couldn't stand up half the time. That's because he was drinking all the time. I'm glad that he's got his life. <laughs> there was that time okay, when his I, son yeah. was certainly not living up to the legacy of his dad. But, yeah, Bob Greasy yeah. grew up in Evansville, Indiana. My hometown. Went That's to Boston pretty, High School. True suit. Pretty cool. And didn't, where did he go? Did he go to Michigan? Or where where did he go to school? No, his son went to Michigan. I, I, I always confuse Brian and Bob. Why do I think he went um, to UCLA? I don't know. I could be wrong. I have to check that. I'll yeah, check that. And I'll give it out. I, I don't know. But right. Anyway, I, I said but my, point, my point was – Go ahead. I was just going to say Larry Zonka said, you know, to answer your question about nervousness about the Eagles losing to a mediocre team mm-hmm. – Larry Zonka said that's exactly what's going to happen. Uh, not against the Steelers, but he said he was asked, which team do you think can beat the Eagles that's left on the schedule? And he said it's going to be a team nobody expects because that's just parity in the NFL. He goes, it's going to be a team where you don't think can beat them, and they do. And then it's going to be up to the Eagles to see how they respond. And maybe it's the Steelers. I mean, you know, big interstate battle here, Pittsburgh, PA, Philly, PA, and, you know, 300 miles in between the two cities, but, you know, uh, it could be that team. It could be them. It could be the Texans. I mean, who who knows? I mean, it could be a team nobody expects, and maybe it's the Steelers just because it is the Steelers and they have a lot of pride in that organization. And then the other, there's the other part of it, Ed. Let's just get it over with and so we can stop talking about it. Let's just get, let's just get, yeah. the if it's going to happen, let's just get it over with. Because the more that it doesn't, you kind of, there's one part you're like, let's just get it over with. Because the more it goes on, the more it's like, oh, can we stop talking about it? And now you're yeah, like, okay. That's exactly right. Let's just get it over with. Yeah, but, that's a great yeah. point. So, all right, Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com. Where can people find your work and masterpieces, sir? Follow me on Twitter at Kratzy, K-R-A-C-Z-E, or SI.com backslash NFL backslash Eagles. Brings you right to the site and a boatload of stories and videos there. 
I appreciate it, sir. And we'll make sure that whenever we get your stuff, we're going to get it posted as quick as we possibly can, sir. I appreciate that, Tom. Thank you. Thank you. Don't eat too much candy. Yeah. No, <laughs> right, I will. We'll <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Ed Kratz, beat writer for the Philadelphia Eagles and SI.com, and certainly we're on a roll with these Phillies. I mean, I, I, I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to roll with them. I know that a lot of people like the Astros, and I swear to God, if they win, we're going to go back to this conversation about the, the trash cans. I know. I know. It's in the past. It's in the past. I get it. My name is Tom Marquis El Presidente. It has been a fantastic boo balance. Happy Halloween weekend to all of you guys. And watch out for all the little uh, goblins and, and ghosts and stuff walking around your neighborhood. And, and, and seriously, guys, don't drink and drive. It isn't cool. Go check us out. Go check out our new website, www.balancesportscast.com. Follow us on Twitter. Thanks, Adam Jevedan. Thanks. Uh, and check his Jev, Jevy Dan out. I'll get that right. Tony Donnelly with the Tony D Podcast and burnoutsports.com, Ed Kratz, um, uh, Philadelphia Eagles, and SI.com. And we're the balance. Thanks, guys. Happy Halloween. I'm out of here. Deuces. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.